Welcome to the Podscape. What? Ooh, yeah. You understand, baby? Dig it? Let me tell you another thing. First name John, last name Baker. Uh-huh. Brother. Hello and welcome to the Podski. I'm your host, the man of a thousand gimmicks, John Baker. It is episode 35. We got the AEW Revolution Review Show. And we got the three-man booth back again. We got myself, Teddy Mongoose, and Justin Andretti. What's going on, boys? How was uh, how's your week? Blessing, blessing to be here on the Tom Barrasso show, the number 35 memorial. Uh wonderful, wonderful week. We had a stellar pay-per-view on Sunday. Uh the uh the the young one, the little one went away for Saturday night. So I got they got a little uh little date ski with the misses on uh on Saturday. Uh and then we pulled in, uh pulled through Monday. I, I got through an hour of raw before the uh uh Carmela and Chelsea Green uh team put me to bed. And now I'm here and excited to be with you all. So let's get this. All right, what's going on, Andretti? Hey, you know, be blessed and be a blessing. <laughs> it's like old buddy, buddy Landell told us, man. Just be blessed and be a blessing. Speaking of uh, blessings, uh, our uh, buddy we talked about a few weeks ago, Stephen Richards, he is back at home. Yeah. Looking with a walker. He looks like he's doing a lot better than what he was. He but, don't look uh, too good, but he does look better. Yeah, he doesn't look good, but he looks a lot better. It looks like he kicked out at two and a half and... He's going to live to see his another standing eight count here. So he, he looks like he hasn't been combining the fat burner with an energy in quite a while. No, but you know what he's ready to do? Hit somebody with the chair. Yeah. Bed, do bed to chair and then chair to standing. Uh-huh. And then, you know, just go through the progression, baby boy, because Uncle Dallas got it all laid out right there on the app. And uh, I don't, I, I, I said this, I said this in jest before, but. My hope is the best for him that everything gets well and that he is, you know, at full physical capacity here sooner rather than later. Um, I just hope that this wasn't some nefarious DDP plan to put together the next new comeback story to sell the uh, the app and the uh, yoga routine. Well, I hope that it is. And then we, he ends up on physical 100. <laughs> if that if that happened, for the baby boy needs to learn a little bit of Korean if he wants to do that, though. But. Yeah, I mean, we could they could always subtitle them out, but it, any any of the people, there was one American, uh, one American dude who was a baseball player, who was a pitcher. Um, he could say a couple of words every now and then. Um, but what's that? Jim Abbott, dude. Thank Abbott. It was no, it, it was not. Jim Abbott has me shook. I don't even have a response right now. <laughs> no, no, it was it was some tall bearded man. Why was that the arms. first picture that I thought of? I, <laughs> I couldn't tell you, buddy, but I'm glad it was. So thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, was Jim Abbott? Um, one-handed, the, yes. No, 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 no. I knew that. I knew that. But was he the one that was on Boy Meets World? Did he have a cameo on Boy Meets World? Yeah, let's go with it. I'm I'm checking this really quick. Uh, Boy Meets World, one of my favorite television shows no, of all you time. Got, you got Jim Abbott confused with Vader again. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> how many times am i gonna do that man with freaking leon 
I, it's the it's the fact that he had those, uh it's the fact that he pitched with a glove on and Leon always wore gloves. That's what I always get him yeah, crossed up the, with. Yes, he was on Boy Meets World. Dude, there is an entire section of his Wikipedia page that says playing with one hand. <laughs> I mean, I guess why not, right? Yeah, while we're there. <laughs> Where do you see? Oh, yeah, there we go. So he appeared as himself on Boy Meets World on the episode Class Pre-Union. All right, I'm good. What are we doing? Uh, talking to Jim Abbott, Boy Meets World, Vader, and um, bad taste jokes about Stevie Richards' health declining. Hey, Stevie, Stevie, get better. Uh, yes, seriously, you know, in, in all honesty, man. Make the, work, yes. make, the work, make the work out your own, man. Yep. Absolutely. Oh, man, we got a lot of, we had a lot of stuff happen this weekend. Uh, oh, did anyone, did you guys watch Raw last night? I had it. I tried to record it, and it didn't record uh, here on the uh, TV. Oh. So I saved myself from having to watch it. I I watched the entire first, I probably hour and like six minutes, uh, and that was enough. I was good. I read. I did. I read what happened. I, I didn't see it, but I read what happened. I listened to the review show last night, and that's all I needed. I I do want to go back and watch the. Uh, I do want to watch the main event angle. Because now that we finally had a turn, yeah, with the with the bloodline, I do want to see it. Um, but yeah, it wasn't. It by no means was I gonna. Not after Revolution the night before, man. I gotta, I, I gotta go bit by bit. If I would have stayed up and watched all of Raw last night, I'd never be on this uh, recording right now. No chance. I'd have been in Betty Bye. Did the 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 main event angle? They totally had me. I will absolutely one hundred percent. Uh, admit that I seriously thought that Jay was going back with Sammy. I thought like like they totally like Jay did that is some A plus work that Jay did last night. Like he totally had me. And then that turn was really well done. Uh, I really, really liked it. The the only thing from that show, I mean there's there was some things about the show. Obviously we we can talk about Vince, but the one thing I really wanted to talk to you guys about was the John Cena segment, because that was an interesting one. I, I was really, that is not the take or the spin or the angle that I thought that they would have done with Austin theory and John Cena. Like they did something completely different than I thought that they would do. I mean, it was along the lines, but the way that they did it, I don't know if it did theory any favors because wh while I'm watching it it just made me think about Austin Theory the way I thought about him last year I thought he was a total geek and I, I just didn't believe it and then John Cena coming out there saying like these people don't believe you and you are a geek like that I was just like well is he like is that legitimately what he is like did he because he was turning on me there around Royal Rumble and even though we talked about like the Elimination Chamber match. He didn't really do anything in that match. I was really turning the corner on him. And then last night, that totally flipped script on me. And I'm just like, is he even any good? Or is it just like, like, am I, I don't know. I know they want us to feel a certain way about him, but I thought I felt worse about him than what I should. I, I'm very, I'm very glad that you brought that up, actually, because this was something that I wanted to mention to you guys before today or earlier today rather um and then you know just the day got in the way and so i'm glad that we get to talk about it live 
live and in color here. Um, two things with that. So the first thing is we, and we didn't really talk a lot about it on the pod. Um, I mean, maybe, maybe we did. I just don't remember. We put in like seven hours over the last two weeks. Uh, but the, you know, one of the things that is scary about the AEW booking with certain people now, Eddie Kingston, previously MJF is you don't want to bury your company or your people, right? Like th that is you, your company is the company and your people are your people. So you can bury somebody by, you know, calling them not, you know, not as good as you or, you know, use actual fighting words. Um, but when you pull the, when you go, you know, the fourth wall down and you say what everybody's thinking in that way, you are walking a really fine line. And it makes me think of uh, actually the like Baron Corbin, um, whenever they brought back the, all the McMahons and things were going to change. And they were like, oh yeah, well, this is your fault, Baron Corbin. Like you, you, you're, you're terrible. You don't draw. Everybody changes the channel. And then they just did it to the poor guy again. Like, Hey man, Baron Corbin's making more money than I could ever think about making. And so if the checks cash, then whatever, good for you. And if he's happy, then that's great. But, uh, you know, they absolutely had, you know, they've, they've, they've used him and turned him from a money in the bank winner that, you know, they seriously thought was going to be something like there was no reason to put that money in the bank on him mm -hmm. unless they didn't think that he, unless they thought that he was going to be a guy, uh, and then they did an about face so bad. Yeah, they 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 went so 180 that he then, you know, he's just this uh he's he's just it's gross. It, like the time that he takes up on the screen is change the channel and they tell you that. And I I don't like that if you want this guy to be your main event guy, I that's just it is weird. I I do think that the idea of your ruthless aggression me is cool um you know like find yourself but yeah the 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 everything that i've seen heard that was a burial you know the the final burial was supposed to be christian and christian and jungle boy and it was actually john cena and austin theory baby yeah i just i don't understand that and then like they completely like they wiped the floor with theory when they bring out Cody, like I was perplexed when they brought Cody out. Like I'm a, like, we all know that I'm a huge Cody Mark. Like that's my guy, but I was so confused at the end. I was like, what is Cody doing out here? And then like, they didn't bring him out for anything else on the show other than that, which I was way confused, which the only other time you saw Cody, which was a very small tidbit. I don't know if you even saw this. You, the only way you caught this is if you saw it on Twitter, when Bronson Reed, uh, was walking in front of the screen at one point in the back they Cody was talking with Kevin Owens to plead with him to help Sammy if he got in trouble like you could see him visibly pleading with Kevin Owens and then Cody's the one that runs out at the end to save right. so like I like or to save Sammy so I thought that was like a really cool thing that they did with Cody but like I just didn't understand the whole point of this angle and it, I don't know. They're walking a fine line with this one. I don't really like it that much. Just, I mean, I'm, I think it's going to be a really good match. I think John's going to put him over, but 
how do how do we get here on this? this doesn't what make- you got, Andretti? Yeah, give it to me, Andretti. I, I didn't see it, so I, I don't know. But just from just from talking to you guys um, and, and talking to to you, Baker, a little bit earlier today in the chat, like it, it's 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 weird. It's it's a it's a weird thing to do. Like it's almost like you're putting yourself in a position where now you've got to work twice as hard to get that guy over. Yeah, yeah, that was that's a really good way to put that. And you know the the other thing about it is uh, I don't know. It's Again, let's, let's. I mean, can we be honest here, real quick? Like, does does him beating Cena, even if the even if the match is is pretty good, does it do anything? Well, it, the thing is, it could. So the reason that they brought Cody out there with Cena was to sprinkle the Cena dust. That that show was very secretly all about putting Cody over huge. You sprinkled Cena dust on him, was saying this is my guy, and then you had Cody come out to save Sammy, so that we're cheering with Sammy and Cody, not for Sammy or Cody. Yeah. Uh, so that was really really well done. But the fact that we are, and I, again, I don't know any better way to put it than that we're Corbining. Uh, Austin Theory, I, that they sh- the proof should have been in the pudding that burying Baron Corbin as being a ratings losing, why did we put you on television guy, and then continuing to put him on television, like he didn't, there wasn't one more TV set that came on for a Baron Corbin match, there wasn't one more ticket sold, there wasn't one t-shirt sold because of it, I don't understand. I mean, maybe B-Mix bought one. You know what? I don't think so because they shaved his head and put him in the happy gimmick. I guarantee that Beamix would have been D-O-N-E with him. He wanted the lone wolf, baby. That is true. You know, he wanted metal. He wanted metal, balding, long-haired Corbin. And to be honest, like, I mean, he was at least when that was him, he what he had the, you know, the uh uh the the almost like the the Damian Priest slash punishment martinez aura of bigger lankier dude so not built like hulk or anything but that bigger longer and athletic guy that can that can play your giant but is athletic enough to you know to be like a base but then is athletic enough to run and work with anybody and the problem with baron is is that he didn't have the charisma that you know uh that not even like a punishment i i you know we're and we're punishment guys here so maybe not everybody would say that um but you know, Martinez definitely has, uh, or uh, what's his name? Priest, Priest has more of a, yeah, he has has more of a, you know, uh, an appeal to him than Baron Corbin does. But they didn't give Baron Corbin a chance to make himself anything other than just a nerd. And um, there is a very, very special and near and dear to my heart nerd that I'm going to put over big here in a little bit, and the way that they nerded out Corbin is way different than they, than this guy's nerding out. I'll talk about that later. But that's been, that's been the uh, WWE MO for a long time is you, you put people in these situations that are impossible. I mean, it's, it, it would have been impossible for Riddick Moss and, and Baron Corbin and Otis and Chad Gable to ever be taken seriously. Yeah. Well, and Otis is done, which, which, you know, Here's the thing with Otis is that he will always be a television character because the dude is super charismatic and the dude is a powerhouse and 
everyone's always gonna love everything everyone always loves the funny big fat guy you know what i mean like they always do but what sucks for him is that he's the funny big fat guy you know like once he accidentally won that money in the bank and then they pivoted to where they had that real actual intriguing storyline with the him and Mandy Rose. Um, and then they just pivoted away to shave his face and turn him heel. Like the, the, the way they broke up heavy machinery was bad. Uh, and then, you know, they, then they shaved his face and turned Otis heel for some reason, which who's ever going to want to boo Otis. You know what I'm saying? Like he's, he's just a forever baby face. And him now being with this Maximum Mel Models thing, he's absolutely slated forever as, you know, top of the card guy and, you know, comedy geek at times. But, you know, he also might have way more longevity there than he might have if he was going to be some monster heel that got beat once and then he was done. You know, if he was like uh, like the old Hogan heel factory or whatever. So maybe it is good for him. I don't know. But he definitely they put a ceiling on him right after that Mandy Rose thing, man, where it was you're slotted here. And sorry, buddy, that's it. Yeah. Oh, that stuff with Mandy was actually really great. Oh, dude, it, it was it was awesome. That was that was really cool. And, you know, then you could tell you could tell how you could tell how cold their feet got and that they had no plan. So yeah. they they were like they realized oh shoot we put this we gave Otis this money in the bank and we don't ever want him to have the title and also what do we do I don't know turn Tucker heel <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, and then and then and then give the briefcase to the Miz through some convoluted weirdo uh, uh, rig trial I that you know was God you know that. yeah that you know all of those segments were written fifteen minutes before they went on air guaranteed yeah well speaking of 15 minutes before the air apparently vince was at raw last night and the rumor mill is that he was sporting a mustache uh i'm sure that's been i'm pretty sure that's been debunked but how awesome would that be if he just had a big old fat flavor saver under his nose listen man uh it is the perfect disguise you google disguise you're gonna see glasses nose mustache <laughs> so it's it's absolutely the way that he should have done it. <laughs> so, so to me, I I I I give a big thumbs up. Did you see that stuff, Andretti? I did not. <laughs> yes, apparently he was backstage, and the in the photo I sent, somebody actually edited that mustache. I sent it in the chat this morning. Somebody edited that mustache on him. It's so fantastic. I'm going to resend it again because it is just so great. It's coming to you now. But yeah, I, I just, I don't understand what they were doing last night overall. It definitely felt like there was some Vince-isms in there. I just, I don't know. I mean, but then again, like that's kind of stuff that Triple H likes too. So I don't know. I I'm more excited. I, I, my wheelhouse is more SmackDown. It's two hours. It's much easier to digest. I don't always get to watch it live. I like to watch it Saturdays during the cardio, but uh, it it's more digestible because it's only two hours. And they just they just they just do better on SmackDown for some reason. For some some reason Raw it's just got an aura about just being the shits, and and it's just the three hours thing and. Awful I mean, there's, there's 25 there's 25 years of precedent for that yeah 
Well, and you know that that's the the thing about it is uh that three they're stuck with three hours because they get paid for three hours. And so what are you gonna do? And I they it's not like they didn't try raw underground, you know what I mean? Like I, they, they but there there were things that they did try and none of it worked. And so you gotta fill three hours and I wish that they could fill three hours with content that was worth sticking around for. Um, but I mean, you know, I'm not writing those shows either. So I can't, I can't comment on how, you know, easy, difficult or whatever, but the reality of it is, is that uh, they've gotten me enough that I can turn it on, but it is not good enough that I keep it on certainly until the end. And that's for raw. Right. All right. Well, do we want to do our top five? We got any more news? Andretti, did you watch any wrestling this weekend? I know you're the big indie and new Japan guy. What uh what shows I mean, you dude, of course I've got a lot of stuff here. So and before you so start, I heard I heard that Dave was putting over this stardom show that happened this weekend. Like he was jizzing on on the audio this morning about that. Every, every and dude, that's that's every 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 stardom show that you hear reviewed. And this is these are the pay-per-view shows, like the you know, the big shows. Mm-hmm. I've I've never heard somebody say this was not worth watching. So, you know, so the fact that he was freaking out, I I should I just want to say don't be surprised. I, however, have not I, I don't that's not something that I, you know, I only got so many hours in a day, and so I've not been able to tackle any stardom. But that that's promotion, that promotion won the second um the second best promotion in the observer awards this year. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, people love it, man. Well, you got yeah, I'm going to try to, I'll try to watch it tonight. I, I just haven't gotten to it. Well, what else you got for us? Well, I got, we're, so we're, we're recording this on Tuesday. So I want to give a happy birthday to brother love. Happy birthday, Brucey boy. And happy birthday, Tyler Bate. And then since uh, since this comes out on Thursday, happy birthday, Tiger Ali Singh. Yeah, the greatest, one of the greatest. And today, also National Cereal Day. Ooh, hey, got, got news for you guys. Cereal sucks. All right, not it. It, it is. It is a empty carb, uh, just waste of space in your stomach and caloric value um a if you eat any of the uh the cheerio or the lucky charm any of that's the cereal that's like quote unquote cereal like that puffed whatever that is you know i'm talking about like i don't even know what what it, what it actually is called once you put with milk milk in it, it stinks all right stinks makes me want to throw up uh, it, it's, it, I can walk into a room and I can identify cereal with milk in it the way that I could if somebody just opened a tan of, can of tuna, right? Gross. So A, sucks. B, uh, gets mushy and weird. What are we doing? C, uh, it sucks so bad that they have to put marshmallows and shit in it just to get people to eat it in the first place. Uh, and D, um, it's just, it, I don't even, I don't have a D. Just it sucks. I hate cereal. Well, that was burying cereal with Teddy Mongoose. <laughs> uh, I'll put over cereal. I'm putting over some cereals, although you just got to watch out for that red dye 40, though. The um. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not only that, dude. Yeah. Hey, here's high school. 
bro get, how about you get some how about you get some uh some type 2 diabetes let's let's put you on a monorail straight to uh type 2 diabetes land and while you're there let's let's stop off at ADHD world with uh with all the chemicals and add-ins and gunk and junk that they're throwing in there oh yeah I'm still going to put over Crunch Berries, Captain Crunch Berries, uh, all-time favorite. Uh, coming in right behind that, you got to go with Fruity Pebbles. So I'm just getting all your dyes. Uh, I'm trying to think of another one. Cinnamon Toast Crunch, Apple Jacks, Lucky Charms, Big Frosted Flakes guy. Cinnamon Toast Crunch is the best. Uh, see, I'm, I'm a big Crunch Berries guy. I can't tell you the last time I ate cereal, though. Yeah, I mean, I haven't either, but it's you know, I still would. I'm not, I'm not a a serial psychopath like other people on the Podski. Listen, bro, <laughs> uh, they every once in a while, Baby Mongoose gets a box of cereal uh, because Mrs. Mongoose is still a closet cereal fan, and I just, I it just it, it's. It's it's a waste of money. It's a waste of calories. It's a waste of time. It's just very frustrating I because don't, it's, and, I don't disagree with any of that. Yeah, and it's always and it's always, dude. Like when she gets Lucky Charms, Baby Mongoose loves Lucky Charms, dude. She does what every six year old does and just eats the GD marshmallows. Yeah. And then I got to and then I got to smell the stinking rotten cereal part in the in the milk. And then I got to pour it down the drain because she's I pour it down the garbage disposal because she's six, obviously, and I don't want her to lose a hand. And so like I just see. Oh, my God, I want to vomit. <laughs> I'm dying at your hatred of cereal. <laughs> It's been for my whole life. It's been like this, man. You know, like when when me and Mrs. Mongoose started dating, I remember like uh, whenever she would, whenever she we first moved in together and everything, uh, I could walk out of the bathroom after my shower and everything to get ready to go to work, and I could smell if she had Cheerios in a bowl because because you know it's just it just stinks like job guy, absolutely terrible. <laughs> oh, that is fantastic! You well, in, in, in shows in shows from the past week, uh, <laughs> so I watched those three ladies' night out shows on title match. I had to watch them a week late because I because of the uh, horrific power outage here in here in here in the county. So um, yeah, I watched those three shows. Um, you know, look. It, there's there was good stuff on there. I, I'll, I'll say one thing about it. Um, if you're an indie wrestler um, and you're not in a place like the WWE where they they make you wear whatever gear they want you to wear and they change your name and all that kind of stuff. If you're in complete control of your name and your appearance and your gear and how you're presented, um, it's probably a good idea to put a little effort into that. Gear, gear says, says who says who, dude. Get, let, let, go out there in curlers in a robe or whatever and see what happens. Well, some of them did. <laughs> I guess curlers in a robe is uh, that's that's not a very 2023 20, friendly thing, right? But you get what I'm trying to say, right? Ah, I love it with the, with one of those uh, masks on with the cucumbers on their eyes. Wendy Joe will probably do that tomorrow night. She actually does still do that. So they would just be jacking her gimmick. Just like Valhalla jacked that one girl in the Indies gimmick. 
God, Paul Hall is the worst. Oh, Andretti, spit, spit some more, spit some more game at me with this ladies' night. It was good. There, there was a couple of pretty good matches on there. Like uh, that, Ashley D'Ambrose and, and Camille Brickhouse match was okay. Um, you know, Brickhouse has gotten better. I wouldn't say she's she's very good, at least not yet. But she looks great. I mean, her, she's got a, a hell of an appearance, you know, and everything for sure. She's she's definitely gotten better. But you know, I don't I don't know if she's quite there to put her over yet. You know, with uh, with anything. But um, you know, Kenzie Kenzie Page was on that show. Um, she's really young. She's, she's pretty raw. Um, but, but she's got a good look and she's, she looks confident in the ring, which I thought was, was really good. You know, her and, um, her and Billy Starks, um, both have really bright futures, uh, in, in the industry, obviously. And they're, they're young and they're, they're, you know, really good for, for their age and everything. But, you know, I, I just, I hope that nobody signs them yet. I, I really, I really do. Like, I, I don't want, I don't want to see them get signed by AEW yet. I don't want to see them go to NXT, like let them, let them just stay on the indies and keep working and training and in in being you know exposed to different styles and all those kind of things and working with different people for another couple of years until they until they uh, get signed by somebody big because I, I I would not want one thing I one thing I really don't like especially with like AEW is pretty bad about this is you know they 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 sign people before they're ready to get signed let's let these people kind of earn it a little bit and work and kind of simmer a little bit on the uh on the on the indies or on the on the you know you know worldwide on different shows before we start bringing people in and, and putting them in positions that they're not ready for yet but i think i think there's a couple there's a couple women that were on that show and then the, the the couple that i mentioned already i saw a woman on on dark um last night that trains out here with um with uh rikishi her name was uh j-rod and she's big you know great look athletic um be awesome you know it would be awesome to have her in there too but she's not ready for it yet so let's just i i watch those shows because i'm watching prospects right and i and i'm looking for people that down the road are going to be something really important because that's just naturally how i watch sports i love minor league baseball i love minor league hockey all that stuff but there's people out there man they're going to be really good i just hope we don't rush it so going to your aew thing where they said they sign people too early i i agree with that. And I don't know if that's because they're too afraid to lose them to WWE. So they're just like, don't put them on TV when they're not under contract. Right. And, but they're just very insistent on, as soon as they sign somebody, we're like, well, we'll give you a a few shows on dynamite. And hopefully that like, um, butters their bread for them, I guess for a little bit. And then that gives them a little bit of something. And then it's like, go do your thing on dark elevation or whatever. I, I don't really know if I'm with that philosophy. They sign so many people, but it's just like, you never, we're never going to hear about them because they don't really have like a dojo or like NXT or something like that. I mean, they do an ROH is what they should be doing, but it doesn't seem they do that. So I, I don't know. We have a, we've aired a lot of grievances with AEW over the last couple of weeks, but I would say that that one should be mentioned that they do sign people way too early and way too often now. Reason and that the I would a thousand percent get behind the reason that they would sign them is to be early. Better to be early and have somebody than be late and then them go to the machine because but if they, they get but Mongoose, they don't all do that. It's not not everybody wants to go through NXT and go through training when they've already been trained. Oh no, you're you're right. But I, I'm just saying to have the to have the philosophy of if we wait until somebody's ready we're not going to win a bidding war. Do you know what I mean? I, I get that. The hope is now that they're doing the 
in the can ROH WCW Saturday night style tapings. Um, that that's what that's what you'd hope that that's for because obviously dark dark elevation is a bunch of squash matches you know like it or showcase matches more than it's hey here's 15 minutes go work um now you can use that show and that's what i hope that they turn ring of honor into i really do i thought that putting the belt on jericho was great uh to you know help reestablish your company Having it on Claudio is not bad. I hope that the next person, if it isn't going to be a Jay Briscoe, which do just give it to Jay Briscoe. But if they don't want to give it to Jay Briscoe and they'd rather him uh, use him on uh, the main roster, then I do hope that that belt goes on somebody like Hook or Action Andretti or one of those people. And then that really turns into their, you know, to, to their true developmental brand and everything. And so that's where you can let those people, you know, I don't know, learn, learn to quote unquote, learn to work and not even just feed into your style, but they do have so many people that do Lucha and do strong style and do, uh, you know, catch wrestling. And so there is enough there that, they would be exposed to different people, different styles and everything. Um, it's, you know, it's just going to be interesting to see what the, what the plan is moving forward. Well, and NXT it's, it's weird with them because they're not really bringing in indie talent. They, they do at times. Like obviously, you know, Zoe Stark was an indie talent. It was really good, but like they, there's a lot of people in there that are just athletes that they've signed that were power lifters or track athletes or whatever it is that they've then developed over the course of two or three years before they were ever on TV. So I like, you know, when you, when you look at, here's an example I was thinking about the other day, when, when you look at like Briggs and Jensen, right. I, I always call them the fake smoking guns on, on the Potsky, Right. But they're, they're the, they're the cowboy guys in, in, um, in NXT, right. What, why sign those guys whenever you could sign the, the Von Eric brothers that were in MLW. You, you see what I'm saying? Like, but the but the, the Von Eric brothers are a little older. Why not just bring in these two these two guys that we can just develop in our own image and give them a cowboy gimmick? Well, and that was I do believe that that was one of, and we'll see what happens now with Triple H and uh Michaels running the ship because the um, one of the big edicts that swept through over the last couple of years was when NXT, before the changeover to NXT 2.0, uh, that was from on high that we're not signing indie people anymore. Like we're, we're done bringing in all of these little indie guys, which sucked because NXT was hands down the best wrestling show on uh, I guess it wasn't on television at the time, but the best, you know, weekly show. And then those takeover shows were always guaranteed home runs because you had guys that could work and not only could work, but brought with them their own, like, you know, super, super insane. um indie fan base. Um, and that was what made those shows so fun. And they, that was from on high. It's like the fifth time I've said that, but that was a, you know, that was a thing of we're bringing in, um, you know, college athletes, we're bringing in uh, fitness models, uh, gymnasts, blah, blah, blah. And so that's why there is so many of those is that was probably two, two or three years ago that edict came in. And that is why you're not seeing a bunch of indie people getting signed. It's it's the same thing as it is in any sport. When you bring in free agents, there's a lot of times where those people have bad habits. No, there is. Why, why yeah. not develop them? Why not bring in athletes 
that you can pay less money and develop them on your own. And I'm not, I'm not defending that. That's, that's just what they're thinking. I, I, compl- I, do, I, don't, yeah. I, don't agree, I don't agree with that tactic, but I think that's yeah. what they're thinking. I, I completely agree. I do. And, th- and that's the, the problem with that is, is then whenever you, whenever you do bring in people that have never taken a back bump and then you have all of them go through all of the same training, then you're just going to have the same match with the essentially the same body types, you know, over and over again. But that's and, what NXT has been. And, and that's NXT, what there's, there's an NXT style. Right, you see every every Tuesday night is what you see. Yeah, you're right about that. And, the, the, and those shows are getting better, but the, because those people are getting more experienced, but they they certainly aren't what they were, which was guaranteed the five best shows of the year were going to be takeovers. Yeah, you're not wrong about that. Well, WWE had like even the main roster has their own style. Like it's just the way that WWE works. Like they have they want to. You're going to watch a show. You're going to recognize that everybody belongs to that company and that's how they're going to work. And that's just like the way that it is. But not that it, not that I'm saying it's a bad thing, but yeah, no, totally agree. Like when you watch the shows, they definitely have a style and it's, I would say it's always a bad thing, but I don't know. Well, take no, it I mean, go ahead. I, I was just going to say it. it's not a bad thing. It's just. You, it's what you need as long as that's you're getting what you expect it's fine that was whenever we were talking about hangman uh last week and like with jay white is those are two people that i think cody rhodes man they they can go, walk in there and work wwe style you know seth rollins works wwe and that's like that wwe indie style so if you are of slighter build and you're an athlete, you have the WWE indie where you do super kicks, you do a big dive over the top, you do um, some sort of like a, a top rope, either like Falcon Arrow or 450 or Centon or something like that. And then you have your big, um, your big, like either forearm blows or something that gives you your double down for your, this is awesome. Like those, the, that style, man, I could, you know, it is, it is very, 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 it sticks out. Whereas if you watched Will Ospreay, uh, Will Ospreay would, you know, he has, he's his own thing, right? Mm-hmm. But he can go in there and he can throw blows with Ishii and then he can go and fly around with, um, you know, one of the Ishimori's or those types, or then he can, uh, you know, have a mean guy match. And you're not really going to see that in the WWE. You're going to see that WWE indie style, or you're going to see the big man WWE, Brock Lesnar, Big move, big move, suplex, suplex, finisher, finisher, car crash through the bar- through the barrier. You, you know what I mean? Like that, that is literally one or the other is, is the way that that works. And, that, and what's interesting about that, too, is, is you know, we're talking about Baron Corbin and guys like that. You know, I, 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 would that guy ever have success outside the WWE? Well, not, not, not now, because the problem with it now is, is he's too old and how you just said about bad habits he's learned to work the WWE style. So he would go to, if you put him in New Japan, let's just say, and you put him against Great Khan, Buddy is grabbing a chin lock, 
uh, 30 seconds into the match. Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like there, there's, he's not going to work. He's going to quote unquote work the crowd. He's not going to work in the match. And that, and that's, you know, that's a hard thing to break. Cody Rhodes, whenever Cody first left WWE, Cody Rhodes matches stuck out on new Japan shows because Cody was working WWE matches yeah. with new Japan crowds. And there was a lot of new Japan. Uh, like I remember reading on Reddit threads and stuff at, at the time, whenever people were really dumping on the elite saying that like, this is new Japan, this isn't WWE quit Americanizing, you know, this, the, yeah. the king of sports. And so, you know, that, that, that's something that he took with them too. Now, the good thing with Cody is that, that also allowed him to transition right back in with no problem. Well, he, you know, he's, so, a, he's a student of what he does yeah, it, it, to his credit. But you've got, I mean, hats off to hats off to Cardona too. And you guys know I'm not, I'm not the biggest broski fan in the world, but I mean, when he, when he had those AEW matches, um, when he came in, look, he looked completely out of place now. And now he's gone, he's gone out on the Indies and he's working GCW and, you know, uh, NWA and all these different kinds of styles of working with people who've worked all over the world. And I'm going to tell you something, man, Broski's better in the ring right now than he's ever been. He had, that was, I, I know I, I put over, I put over that match with him and Nick Wayne when, when, when Broski was in the Indiana Jones gear at that GCW show, I mean, that was a really good match. So, I mean, even, even though I'm not, I'm not his biggest fan in the world. Like I got to give credit where it's due. I mean, that guy's gone out on his own and he's done his own thing and he's, he's learned how to work and get, you got to give it to, you know, Mercedes uh, Monet or Monet too, for going out, going straight to Mexico and getting trained down there before she made a debut in new Japan. That, that That's really smart to do that because then you've got the opposite end of the spectrum with that. You've got people like Soraya who jump back into a ring without working anywhere else in the world between the WWE and, and AEW. And she looks like the drizzling shits. Now the match, the match on Sunday was, was probably her best effort and the best that she's looked in AEW. But you, you just see the, the, the discrepancy between people who only work that style, who've grown up in that system when they go out and they try to take on people who've traveled the world and are in our students of their craft, it looks bad. <laughs> for you know I, and I hate to I hate to bury people but it but it, it just you, you can tell right away when somebody has only who's only grown up in that in that one environment no that that broski thing was that is great I totally forgot about that mini aw run and you're right because he came in there and it is so funny because he his body is so average in WWE in terms of size and yeah. he came into the AEW and he looked like the Ferrigno Hulk you know what i'm saying like he was just this superman and it was just insane to see the that that size discrepancy between coming from the land of the giants to the vanilla midgets or whatever um but uh that was very very good point in in Broski he was he would have been the best example of oh my gosh this guy is working a main event match right now or whatever, you know, and, and he's trying to do that on dynamite and it just doesn't sink. Yeah. That was such a good point. I'm really glad. I'm really glad you brought that up because I, I, I admittedly haven't seen those GCW matches, but from what everyone talks about, like everybody loves them. So if, if everyone's saying the same thing about something, like you got something there. So yeah, I, I applaud Broski for going out there and basically, having this like king of the indies gimmick. I really like, I dig it. Um, yeah. Hopefully we see him out in LA when we go. I mean, I'm, I, I'm watching all his matches now, man, whenever, whenever he's on those GCW shows and I, cause I have the, I have the fight plus uh, 
subscription. So when he's when he's on those shows, or I can catch him on, you know, some kind of indie show online or something, I I, I go out of my way to watch his stuff now because I think he's doing a great job. And that's only going to help him in the end because his ultimate end goal, I, I'm like 100% certain his end goal is to make it back to WWE and be somebody different than what he was while he was there. Like he wants to do the Cody thing. Like he wants to go back and be, I don't, I don't know if Broski can be a guy like Cody, but he could be a major player in that division, I feel like. And he doesn't even have to be in the main, in the big heavyweight division. He could just be a mid-card guy that actually comes in and like, fucking rules the roost now like he could be a dude like that which would be awesome that's, that's another that's another guy that they could have ran with who got himself over who worked hard and made something out of himself and made the best of his opportunities when he was there and they didn't do jack shit with him no and that dude works hella hard on the indie scene like not even just indies but like with all of the figures that they do like their podcast is fantastic no free shout outs but he does a fan that there there's all their stuff that they do is really good. I mean, I, there's no reason to really buy, you know, 87 versions of the same person in 87 different figure formats. But if that's what you're into, it's totally what you're into, but I, they, I, they got people that'll do it, man. Exactly. That's, that's just it is there's enough of a market that they can keep doing it. So good yeah. for them. Seriously. Good for them. So yeah. I wanted to, I wanted to bring up the thing about, uh, I'm glad we were talking about new Japan there a little bit. So new Japan cup started a couple mm-hmm. nights ago. Um, I don't know if you guys have had a chance to catch it. Have either of you had a chance to catch up with any of that yet? I have not, but I plan to. There's yeah, only, I, there's only been two events. There's only been two events so far, so you're not you're not behind. Okay. Yeah, that's my my plan. My plan is to because the it, the whole thing's over in what two and a half weeks or whatever. I think the so. Is when it's over. What's that? I think the 16th is the last night. Oh, okay. I thought I thought it went until the third week. Um, regardless, I I, I, might, I, I, might, I, absolutely... I might be wrong. I might be wrong about that, but I, I think that's when it's over. Absolutely, though I will. I'll catch up. So you, if you have thoughts, go ahead and give them. But uh, I was hoping, you know, and I'm not. I'm not here to book John's show for him. But I was hoping that we we could get a little uh, a little New Japan Cup review show in there. So oh, we will. I'm sure we oh, yeah, will. We will. I, I, got, I watched the uh, I watched the first two. And the good the good thing the good thing about those shows, Mongoose, is that you know you, you're not getting. You're not getting wall to wall Japan Cup stuff on those shows. Right. It's, only, it's and, only like two matches a night. Yep. And that was I, the reason that I knew that I'd be able to catch up is I assumed it'd be G one ish to where I could I could skip tags. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, like if if I just wanted tournament matches, that it would be something that I could catch up in on a weekend or you know night or two or whatever. Yeah. Um. So the so night one. Um, I, I kind of blew through the other matches too, just like just like kind of how you were saying. But my my boy uh, Nakashima was on there in a trios match and looked uh, looked great as always, looking like uh, Japanese kid in play with that uh, with that haircut. So that was that was awesome to see him in there. It's it's good, man. I love I love seeing those young lines get in there and, and get on these shows and get to mix it up a little bit and, and work with you know tons of different people every night of the week. It's really fun to see that. Um, that so that that first night. Um, was was Naito and El Fantasmo, and then it was um, Tai Chi and Sonata uh, in the main event. So in that, um, the I mean Naito beat um, ELP, which I was not shocked at that. Um, Naito looked pretty good. He he looked like he was moving around pretty good for for a guy that came off all those Fantastic Mania shows. Where he, I think he worked every single one of those events for Fantastic Mania. I mean he looked Naito looked pretty good once he once he got going. He looked good. So. Um, both those guys, you know, did a good job in that match. But with the with the Sonata and Tai Chi, I mean, 
you know, my my bracket is already busted here because they they put Sonata over over Taichi in the first round, and I it looks like they're gonna they're gonna play uh, they're gonna play the the Sonata thing here a little bit and kind of pump him up. And I think Kevin Kelly said that uh, the final event for the Japan Cup was in Sonata's hometown, so they're kind of teasing that a little bit. But I I hope they don't take Sonata all the way to the finals with that thing. But he looked okay. I mean, he he did a uh, he's got a new finisher. That looked pretty, uh, looked pretty awesome. But I mean, uh, for whatever reason, that guy just doesn't move the needle for me. Um, it's kind of like a one-speed match with him, and it's not. It's just not my thing. I don't blame them though. If they would, if they would happen to give him a little mini shove here, he's one of those people, man. Where you, we, you know, we've seen it for years and years and years. Where you're, when you got a certain look, you're a certain body type, you can do certain things. You're going to get chance after chance after chance. And I I can't fault them. Do you know what I'm saying? If, if they want to see if they maybe they can get lightning in a bottle here. Um, what's the harm in doing it now? You know, uh, now if they want to crown him or whatever, like put the thing on him and then give him the title shot. I don't know if that would be the best move, depending on how everything else shakes down. But I, I don't have any kind of issue because we were just talking about, you know, what do they got in the coffer? You know, who's the next man up? Um, you know, I would rather I would rather the engine get behind uh, Sonata than, you know, have David Finley be the new Jay White leader of the Bullet Club, which I saw that happen, too. They talked Dave talked about that this morning and said that Dave Finley match that they had, I think on night two, that he said was awesome. I don't know if I would say it was awesome. Dave put it over huge this morning. So I, I, I think it was it was okay. I mean, it was it was probably good. It definitely was not awesome. And the, the, I and I can I mean I'll tell you about that right now. I mean, they, they put they put Finley over Ishii. It's not a shock, right? It's it's probably smart booking because you want to have him beat a guy that everybody thinks is a tough guy, right? And that that that's completely fine. I understand. But the issue with that is that Ishii hasn't won a match since 1985. This guy this guy has lost matches for for months. When's the last time Ishii's won a match? You know, and I kind of I kind of figured that it was going to be um, Tai Chi going really far. And look, I'm not an idiot, man. We I'm, I'm sure we all kind of figured out that Finley was going to go really far after the after the Jay White thing. But it just it, it just feels predictable. It feels forced. Finley doesn't do anything for me at all. Uh, it, it just feels like a guy being purposely pushed instead of instead of it happening happening almost like kind of like a more natural thing. And I only, I only look, I know it's pro wrestling. I'm not an idiot, but um, the, the reason why I say that is because it felt very WWE where all of a sudden a career loser starts winning tons of matches and we're supposed to give a shit. Yeah, I understand. The Ishii thing though, uh, you're, you're right that he's, you know, that he has not been, you know, he's not been getting his hand raised very frequently but if i'm going if i'm gonna look into gaze into my crystal ball here uh that sounds like a g1 storyline in the making how oh, is she does he still got it is yeah, he gonna be able right. is yeah, he gonna right. be able is he gonna be able to go through this tournament and then all of a sudden when he's two and oh three and oh Four and a, do you know what I mean? Like they're, I mean, they're I'm getting goosebumps that. talking about it, man. They're they're really really good at that stuff, and so they're you know, playing I that card. They're playing that card right now with Sonata. Yeah, but I the, should... the other the other match on that card with the other New Japan Cup um, uh, match on that card was Umino and, and Bad Takahashi. 
So Umino beat bad Takahashi. Umino looked fantastic in that match. Actually, Takahashi looked pretty good too. But uh, in, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not totally out on that guy anymore because I, I feel like he, the dastardly kind of heel stuff he does is pretty good. But I mean, Umino's a future, probably a future, you know, uh, champion for them, and he looked awesome in that match. So I mean, is he? Guy, would, would, it, would that I mean, be that guy? Like. He's got the athleticism. He looks aggressive. He looks he looks tenacious when, with everything he does. You know, it's it's a he's he's got a real future, man. And like I'm I'm really excited about Umino, man. I really am. Would that be mid Takahashi then? We call him mid Takahashi. That's fine. I'm trying to think of a clever play on words with that. I'll I'll, I'll try to think, and I'll probably butt in in the middle. Of one of you guys is uh, talking whenever I finally think. of <laughs> there's no um there's no show tonight i don't think um so maybe i'll try to catch that uh maybe i'll try to go catch that stardom show tonight yeah i mean they put it over really big so it might be worth watching yeah you got any more shows you want to talk about i mean i got stuff coming up that i, that I was going to put over we don't got to do it now unless you want to do it like i can talk about it right now if you want or we can wait it's up to you uh oh we can we can move on i, I know that we want to talk about the big shows coming up that we're going to do uh andretti and i are going to do a show on our own i'm I'm thinking next week so uh spoiler alert we're going to do that probably next week i'm thinking where we are going to lay out our travel plans for wrestlemania week so we're going to come on here we're going to talk about all the shows that we're going to go see in wrestle uh during wrestlemania week uh how you can watch them so if you want to watch along with us we're going to do review shows every single night after those so uh, we'll give a lot more details on that show, but kind of wanted to get that out there um, first because that is going to be an entire show that we're going to do. Um, yeah, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, it is going to be awesome. We have a lot of shows we're going to do. So, um, but yeah, so stay tuned for that for sure because we got a lot of good things coming up, at least in that regard. So uh, any other quick news and notes before or do we want to do our top fives of the week? Yeah, there's there's a couple there's a couple things coming up I wanted to put over real quick. So that the NXT roadblock thing is tonight. Um, oh, so yeah. by the time by the time you know people hear this, um, um, I mean actually you know I, I don't watch those shows until until Thursdays anyway. But um, people probably will already have known the results. But I, the the uh, the uh, Tony D'Angelo Dijak match, I'm really looking forward to watching that. Um, I don't even know what else is on that card, man. I know that there's a stupid trios match between the Creed brothers and Breaker versus. Mahal and in in uh, uh share which I don't care at all about but um I don't I don't even I don't even really remember who else is on that card dude we have we have uh we have toxicity collides we we we, we had the we have GG versus uh yeah uh JC well I hope they do the right thing and go with GG because JC Jane is just not doing it for me man and then also I can't believe I know this off the top of my head but also there is a Grayson Weller versus uh uh, or uh, Shawn Michaels confrontation yeah. uh, that will be on that show as well. Oh man, I would love to have Michaels come out of retirement and whip his ass. <laughs> actually, uh, actually, I don't want to see that at all. Yeah, so. I, don't, yeah. I I only want Michaels to come out of retirement if it's him and Kane versus Grayson Weller, and uh, he can pick his he can pick his teammate, dude. As long as but, it takes yeah. place in in, uh, in in Saudi Arabia. Exactly. I want it in Jeddah. That's it. <laughs> uh, the um, the other the other shows um, Friday Friday is a big night. So Friday there's a there's an HOG show 
um, on Fight Plus. I mean, I, I put over House of Glory a couple times on here. I haven't seen the card yet um, for that, but it looks like it's going to be it's going to at least have low key uh, in some capacity, and Kashida is going to be on there in some capacity. That that should be a really fun show. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to catching that Friday night. And then from uh, from Australia, um, World Series Wrestling has got a four night thing called Unleash Hell. And night one um, is going to be also on Friday. And I, I don't know who, I don't know who's taking on who, but it's got Perazzo, um, Valkyrie, Brian Cage, Flip Gordon. Um, it's got Cardona, Myers, Redbeard, Bandito, Josh Alexander, TJP, Joey Janela, uh, Blake Christian. I mean, all those people are going to be on all four of those shows in some capacity. And, and I think, uh, let's see, when is it? It's at, it's at uh, 1230 a.m. Pacific time. So it'll be at like, uh, what, like 3.30 in the morning for you guys. But, but you can catch them. You can catch them the next day. They're all going to be on on Fight Plus. I'm looking forward to catching all of those. I remember them talking about that, I think, last year on the Broski pod, how they were went to Australia for all those shows, and they were like really good shows. Yeah, I mean, I I, I can't wait to check them out. I mean, Friday, Friday night is going to be a busy night <laughs> for me watching uh, watching wrestling for sure. And then we're going to uh, – the wife and I are going to uh, to Disneyland the next morning for her birthday, so it's going to be a, a late night and early morning. But I'm gonna I'm gonna do what I can. I got my I got my House of Glory T-shirt in the mail this week. I'm looking forward to wearing that all day Friday and uh, and then getting on uh, getting on the on the sofa here with the recliner and having a couple of drinks and watching a whole bunch of whole bunch of wrestling. Hog wrestling, baby. Those are awesome, dude. Those hog shows are awesome. And I've never, I don't know if I've ever seen World Series wrestling, but but this is a this is a big event for them. And they've got big names. They've put a lot of money into bringing those guys over there. So I'm looking forward to it. Nice, nice. All right. Well, you got something you want to put over? And, or Mongoose, before we uh, head to our top five of the week? Um, you know, I did. I was going to say something, and it either was not important or wasn't true. And so you could just skip me. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, here comes our top five of the week. So hit the music. Top five with Andretti, Mongoose, and the man of a thousand gimmicks, John Baker. So I will go first on my top five. Oh, I, I like this. Switch in the order. Give it. To- all right, number five, I have the CM Punk MJF 2-pack that came out this week. It is the Blood and Guts dog collar match. Uh, really excited for that. That is a really cool set. Interesting that they kept uh, old Uncle Phil in the line. Uh, they also announced his LJN figure as well over the weekend, so he's still in the line. Now, it could have been because those figures are well down the line. Uh, I think the rubber will meet the road if he is in that next uh, Supreme set. If he's in Supreme Four still, I think, I think we might be all right, Ski. But, uh, but yeah, I wanted to put that pack over. Uh, my number four, I really want to put over uh, Up, Up, Down, Down. They've been doing a lot of previews for the new 2K23, which I will be doing a review show on that when that comes out. It comes out. The early access comes out next Tuesday, and then it officially comes out next Thursday. So I won't have a show next week. I'll have a show the following week. I believe that's going to be my lead into WrestleMania week is the 2K23 um, review show. And then we'll probably do the New Japan Cup in there, too, that week. So we might have a double show ski week there for the listeners. But 
Really wanted to put that over. They're doing a lot of really cool stuff with uh, the new GM mode. They added a lot of new things in there and they just dropped a video today. It was awesome. I am so stoked to do GM mode. It, this this game looks really good. Like this might be the ve- the best video game wrestling wise that we've seen since like SmackDown versus Raw 07 or 06. I, I would say 06 is better, but we have not seen a game with, of this like magnitude where they've got all this kind of stuff in there like it it looks really really good uh my number three i'm putting over rebuilt that is a a workout program that is done by joe defranco joe defranco if you uh know who that is he is a trainer he trained uh brian cushing some nfl guys but he's also triple h's trainer and i bought into his system way back whenever triple h was training for wrestlemania 32 with roman and i signed up for his like classes and he gave you the full library to all his workouts and i've been doing this rebuilt workout and all of the gas that's it you said cushing and triple h like so so are you getting are you getting poked in the rear a couple of times a week no poke skis no you sure Yes, 100% sure. I haven't done anything in a long time. It's not like you're going over and getting a bonus, you know, some some rage. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I wanted to put that over. I finished up my 12 weeks, and this is probably the, the best results that I've got since we uh, transitioned the garage gym to the basement. It, it, it's been an awesome 12 weeks. Restarted it yesterday, so... Uh, the knees are a little sore ski today. I did went a little too heavy on the old uh, uh on the old uh box squats yesterday. So I got I got news for you, brother. Every every uh, every leg workout post thirty, yeah. it hurt more. I know. So so up the water and and take some fish oil or something. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I really want to put that over because if you sign up for his uh his exclusive whatever that thing is you get access to all his workouts and they are, they're awesome. And I've been doing his, I I literally signed up two times in six years. I only, I signed up a year and a half ago just to see like if they added any new stuff in there and they did. So I got a brand new fresh catalog. So I got all kinds of their stuff. It's awesome. I love that rebuilt workout. It's, it's fantastic. Um, and number two, this is a Spotify playlist that I found. It is the, Best rap songs of 2009. It is a bopski. And I know that you're shaking your head, Mongoose, but there are some bops in there that I've forgotten about that. Oh, they are just fantastic. You should tell the uh, listeners about that. Uh, that shake. Uh, that's yeah. That was one of my, one of my, uh, one of my fondest memories of young John is uh, just standing in the parking lot and an old uh, Buick LeSabre. What was what was the car old, here? Old Oldsmobile Cutlass Supreme. And- Thank you. Okay, so I wasn't far off. Yep. An Oldsmobile Cutlass Supreme rolling <laughs> yeah. by, and every time 
that whole spring once that once it was windows down season we had the game shake playing uh you know we one of them things where you know that it was the factory stereo the treble was up a little bit but the bass was pushed way up um probably busted out the the factory six by nines in there um and so i i know that that 09 playlist is your wheelhouse I'm, i'll tell you what there'd be probably be pop, uh, a couple of things on there that would pop me but i just couldn't imagine what else is on there other than like um I don't know, seven or eight Drake songs and uh, um, some Lil Wayne. Um, well, there was some about... Khaled on there. There was some Jeezy. Uh, would have That Khaled time would have been would have been right around there. That I'm so hood. Yes. Uh, yeah. Well, what about is 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 Shardy Low? Uh, R.I.P. Shardy Low. Was he? Was that 09 or was that 08? I that, um on the that they know they know that song was awesome. Yeah, that one. Uh the the other one that popped me huge was Cuddy Buddy. That one was on the 09 one. That one popped me huge. Your face just says that all. <laughs> it is such a fantastic playlist. Uh I I had that blaring in here uh on Saturday. It was it's it's so good. It's so good. Uh, but to double back off that, my number one, this is a duo that I feel is undefeated, and that is Justin Timberlake and Timberland. Those two together, babes, those those guys together, they have made so many bangers over the years. It And then I got into Timberland's uh, Spotify playlist. That guy's got a catalog, man. That, that catalog is deep, and it is awesome. So... Uh, that that is my top five of the week, and they are some nostalgia throwbacks, but they were worth it. I love it, man. I love it. Andretti, you want to go? Yeah, I can go. I just uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I've caboose during rap talk. Yeah, I gotcha. <laughs> I, I don't know if I've caboose yet. So you go ahead. I I cannot wait for yours to be about the two. 2010 rap playlist and uh like uh, just i hope you just totally i hope john totally just stole all your shit well, my number, <laughs> like my like number once one. he said he said timberland and timberlake and you were like and you had to like cross off you're and you're instantly like you you went quiet because you were just thinking about something else to put on there <laughs> i put on i put on my little sleeping cap i just went to sleep <laughs> with, a, with a little with a little candle holder in my hand all right so my uh i've got i've got one for honorable mention this week and i'm, I'm gonna put over um i know i said you know me and the uh me and the wife are going to uh disneyland uh this weekend for her birthday and, and you know across the across the parking lot is is uh california adventure which is also owned by disney which is another amusement park so there's a um there's a bar at at uh california adventure called carthay circle which has in, in, incredible drinks and incredible food it's it's you you can't even walk up and get a table man you have to have reservations like you know days or weeks or months in advance so i'm I'm definitely looking forward to going to uh carthay circle and having a couple old fashions and sitting there and doing some people watching and uh, making fun of a whole bunch of people as they walk by and spending a hundred dollars on cocktails i hope uh mrs A also happy birthday mrs andretti early birthday but i hope that she flashes the badge and she got you in there with some of uh... <laughs> With all that power she's got out there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so my number five. Um, I'm coming in hot with this, okay? Um, people that make cooking pans have got a lot of heat with me. 
now. And I, I don't like it when you make a cooking pan that has rivets where the handle is. Because okay. when you cook with it, you can't get the damn food out of the rivet. And that pisses oh, yeah. me off all the time. It should be one solid piece. It's 2023. Figure it the fuck out. Hey, man, um, the missus and I, we've been changing all of our pots and pans because we had all the coatings because all those Teflon coatings and stuff like that. Pretty sure they're giving you cancer. Uh, so we've been uh, making a hard transition into all, which I already had a set of the all stainless steel pans and stuff like that, but using a lot more cast iron now. Uh, cast iron's awesome. It, I mean, you got to take some time to like, you you know, prep it and clean it up and all that afterwards. But stay, once you get it seasoned, baby, she's good to go. Oh yeah. Once once, once once she's ready, throws throw some oil in there. Turn the turn the oven on. Throw that sucker in. Yeah. Even 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 if you peel it off. Yeah. Cast irons. Cast irons. The T I T S. Is yeah. that a real thing? Seasoning a cast iron pan. That's what they call it. That, that's all because because back in the olden days, baby, they used to just uh, you know they used to just you know cook uh, rabbit and um, you know uh, cow tongue and whatever, and you know you didn't have uh, you know dawn readily disposable, so you just let that stuff build. So I'm fairly certain that that's where that came from. Anyways, he, he said he says back in the olden days, like him and him and his dad then just cook a rabbit like two days ago. <laughs> right, right, right. Squirrel with some elk. Yeah. Okay, so my number four is uh, the ROH Women's Tag Team Division. I uh, don't like. Uh, I'm going to put over Emmy Sakura um, yet again. Emmy Sakura is so good, and she she's so experienced, and she's so confident in the ring. She's so good working the crowd. Why is she not the ROH Women's Champion I, I, I got an issue with Athena. Nothing's nothing's believable. It's not working. She's not a heel. Get the belt off Athena. Put it on Emi Sakura. OBT body. I always get I always get Emi Sakura confused. Who's the other uh who is the former ROH champion, a woman's ROH champion that looks like Hoy Corlo? Oh, do, I don't know. Do you know who I'm talking about? I don't. All right, I, I'm on it. I'll, is it Roxanne Perez? <laughs> no, I'll be back. I'll be back with that one because every time when I started to hear her um, getting a lot of praise for uh, her work in um, ROH matches, I was listening to spoilers and stuff. Uh, that's who I, my mind went to this other person and then I looked her up and then I remembered who she was then. I got I to gotta find this other person. Go ahead. Okay, so my number three, uh, let's see here. I've got uh, Atlantis versus Mystico. Uh, for my number three, um, great match. Um, awesome ending to a really, really fun week of wrestling with the Fantastic Mania shows. They had all the CMLL guys in the ring and, and a couple of the New Japan guys in the ring together um, at the very end. Everybody's, you know, playing to the crowd and waving and, and bowing and everything. It was just awesome. It was so cool to see that. But what a what a great match to end that on, man. Uh, obviously, you know, the um, Atlantis and Mystico have, have had, you know, a history for hundreds of years, right? So, Seeing the seeing the two of them close that out and have an awesome match was was really cool. Uh, my uh, my number two was uh, we're probably going to talk about this more, but the uh, I put Briscoe and the Lucha Brothers versus Varsity Athletes is my number two, and I don't I don't want to talk too much about that right here because I know we'll talk about the the Revolution pre show a little bit, 
when we get into the uh, get into the revolution review here. But um, what a match, man! And, and I'll I'll just leave it at that. You know, that was my that was my number two for the week. So um, then my number one for the week was the um, was the uh, Kojima um, Ray uh, Kamada and uh, I think the guy's name is Iwa um, in uh, uh, Tana versus uh, versus uh, Bushi Naito and Takahashi in the uh in the face paint dude and i know i sent you guys pictures of that in the in the paint you just shared a screen and i lost all my notes now i got to go try to figure out what i was talking about hold on where am i at here <laughs> thank you for that um yeah but i sent you guys a picture of them of, of tanahashi in the face paint they all painted their faces like 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 ray Kamada in that in that fantastic mania match they're all wearing the white paint with the with the black stripes Dude, that was so awesome, man! Just to, to see that, I I popped so hard at that, and to see the to see the young lion get a get a rub from that and get to paint his face, I thought that was pretty badass. So that was uh, that was a, a really great match um, at the end there with the uh, you know final night of Fantastic Man. That was my number one. I I'm really sorry. I didn't I didn't mean to. I, I I saw it was Sumi Sakai, uh, and and I. The worst part about it is that I said that I was going to blurt over one of you, and um, I tried to blurt over you, and I didn't realize I was muted. So then I just shared the screen, and so not only did I steal your notes, but then I couldn't even talk about the person that I was that I was talking about. So I'm I'm really 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 sorry for the uh, inability to internet there. This is who I was talking about, Sumi Sakai. You remember her? I do remember her, but I, I I don't know if she, if she's still in ROH or where she's anywhere. Yeah, and she, and she was the one when and when you when you said because you're not the only person that I've heard say that like experienced and good in the ring and everything, and so my mind went to her. Um, and so uh, that was that was why that was whatever I was uh, talking about because as you started to talk about, um, oh, excuse me, what's her name again that you were just putting over? Uh, Sakura. Yes, that. Uh, whenever you're talking about soccer, I had to look her up because I, again, I've heard her name several times now just to be like, was that her? And it was not her. So Sumi Sakai is who I was thinking of. Um, so I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm really sorry for, uh, for derailing your uh, top five there, but um, I guess it's my turn now. Uh, so I, um, let me look here. So yeah, we've we've had a pretty eclectic mix again so far. Uh, my first one is going to be uh, non wrestling related, and this one, get your sleeping cap out there, Andretti, because Daddy oh, okay. in his hand is holding a pair of the 2023 Air Jordan Three reimagined white cement. There. I, uh, dude, these are these are works of art, man. They're absolutely beautiful. The leather is nice and soft right on the toe. Mm. None of the leather is cracked uh, the way that they had the Chicago ones cracked. The only thing that shows aging is the back tab and then the uh, midsole. Um, and it is really, really well done. Uh, everything else is crystal. Oh, and the uh, the eyelets are, are uh, a little yellow, too. Everything else is crispy, crystal clean leather, um, polyurethane insoles. 
Uh, they got the tongue tucked in, low cut elephant print, the nice toe shape. This is a perfect, perfect, perfect retro, man. I did not have the originals, obviously, uh, because I was, you know, three years old whenever these things came out. Um, but for me being a uh, into sneakers, uh, this is a really cool have. Um, and then I want to put over Nike really quick because uh, the reimagined set is you know, their newest big deal thing. And I do not get exclusive access for anything. I very often lose draws. Um, there's plenty of releases that have come out that I did not get that I, you know, mother bleeped them up and down for. And I got exclusive access to both the Chicago reimagines and the uh, white cement Jordan threes. And this is pretty cool. You know, I've been a Nike.com member since 2006. Um, I've entered hundreds and hundreds of raffles and things. I've given them a lot of my money, man. And it is pretty badass that for two things, for two, for a set of shoes and two pairs so far, they're supposed to be for your quote unquote, you know, sneakerhead base uh, to be able to get wins on both of those was awesome. And so that was my first one. My number four is I brought him up before as my favorite little geekly uh, geeklet, and that is Mike the Miz Mizanin. Yeah. Dude, he he is perfect, right? I mean, he's perfect. He was a uh, a, a an annoyance, and nothing else to say for years because he was pushed as your upper mid card credible heel. And he could talk anybody into watching a match. And then once the match started, it was the same match, mismatch that you've ever seen over and over again, 200,000 times. And, you know, it, it, it really got stale. And what I love about it is, and I don't know if this was the management or if this was Miz himself, but he said, or somebody said, hey, Mike, you're a geek. And you're really good at being a geek. So be a geek. And he comes off as being self-aware. That's what's cool is that he doesn't feel like he's playing a part as much as he's he knows what he is. He knows what his role is, which is get over other people, get over segments, get over shows. And he does it all so well. You know, he was when he was just the um the host of the challenge all-stars or uh, whatever. He was great in that. Um, they did that, uh, that one best in the world challenge thing where they had Victor Cruz be the host of the first season. And then they juxtaposed that with Mike, the Miz being the host of the second season. And like, you could see man where one guy had it and one guy didn't Victor Cruz was fine, but he, Victor Cruz did what I'd have done, which would have been just read off the cue cards and smile. And Mike, the Miz is, you know, he's just missing. Um, and he's really, really good at that. And when I watched that raw segment with Logan Paul and Seth Rollins and Mike, the Miz brought out Logan Paul and he put his hand out to shake Logan Paul's hand and Logan Paul totally just gave him the yoink walked right past him and Miz just st stared at his hand. And then once that was over, he went to talk into the microphone and they immediately hit Seth Rollins music before he could say a word and his histrionics and everything were all great. Um, and then we had Seth, uh, or he was trying to talk over Seth and Seth put his hand on his microphone. My, the Miz is just, he's very, very good in this role and he can wrestle now. Because if he wrestles, I don't expect him to win. If he wins, it'll be slimy and he's going to lose in a blow off anyways. So like I, 
I'm totally, totally in on Mike the Miz after years and years of can I please never see Mike the Miz again. Uh, so good for him. My number three thing this week is the game Quirkle. If you are not familiar, uh, Quirkle is a uh, it is a matching game with um, you have different colored and shaped tiles, and the idea is to get six in a row of the same color or shape. Uh, there's all sorts of different combinations and things that can go in, and you basically score it sort of similar to Scrabble. Um, Awesome game, really fun. Me and the missus play it. Play, we played it like five times last week, so that's why I had it on here. But Quirkle's an awesome game, easy to learn, get through an entire game in like an hour ish. Um, and uh, you know, one of those, one of those goods get get your brain going, you know, keeps you engaged and everything. You have to think in between, um, so that you know it's not one of those things where you make a move and you can just look at your phone or look at your TV or whatever. So it really keeps you engaged the whole time. So Quirkle's an awesome game. My number two thing of the week uh, is, as I said, we had a little uh, little date night on Saturday. And because we are now parents in our late 30s, uh, we watched the movie Coco. Um, and Coco was awesome, dude. Um, it is a story about a little Mexican boy. Um, he just wants to be a musician. And he spends... All of his free time, you know, begging his parents, please, I just want to be a musician. And they say, uh -uh, we don't get down with musicians up in here. Uh, and then he has a trip to like the netherworld um, because it is, uh, you know, there's the Dia de los Muertes uh, celebration for the, the Day of the Dead. And uh, so they bring in all of that with the, um, you know, they have all like the candy skulls and everything are all down there. And the whole idea is don't forget the dead. And if you forget the dead, then the people in the land of the dead disappear. Um, and it's like, it's really touching because they're obviously like the day of the dead is the remembrance of, and they turn that into a movie that was engaging and funny. And then of course I cried in the end because I cry every time something happens uh, sad in movies that involves parents, children, uh, or anything like that anymore. But the movie Coco was awesome. So I'm really glad I saw that. And my number one thing of the week, with a bullet, boom, no doubt about it, my Sunday night was awesome. Look, man, a mediocre build, but we just got done saying that those takeover shows were the five best shows of the year. It is in pen every year for the last three years. AEW will put on the four best pay-per-views of the year. That's it. You know, it's it. They might not have the best match of the year. They might not have the best storylines of the year. Those shows are killer. And that show was killer. And there was a whole bunch of nerves about this one from all of us for different reasons. And from the second that pre-show started until the second that that um, uh, Iron Man match ended, I was all in, completely all in. They, it was, it was, that was, it was magic, man. That was a great show. And so that's my top thing of the week. Love it. Love it. Absolutely. We're going to get to the AEW review here pretty soon, but we got other business to take care of because last week we started our top 10 things that we hate about wrestling and we got through 10 through six. So we are going to wrap that up today with five through one and our all 
three of our choices last week, all 15 were fantastic. And I can't wait to see the remaining 15. So uh, does anyone want to go first, which switch it up a little bit? I kicked us off last week, so I can I can continue on this week. I don't know. I, I, I'm I'm cool. I got mine ready to go here. Yeah. Do you um, want to uh, give us your your first, your ten through six, and then uh, yep. five. Yep. Yep. So my ten through six were uh, when the camera doesn't follow wrestlers like it's a sport, or wrestling isn't shot like a sport. Um, basically, where wrestlers play to the hard cam or find a camera instead of letting the camera find them. Uh, because in every other competition in the world, the camera finds the athlete. The athlete doesn't find the camera. Uh, my number nine was the what chant. My number 10 was when uh, companies own names and not the wrestlers. So I do like whenever wrestlers have the, uh, they can go from place to place and they don't need to rebrand themselves unless they want to, you know? And so um, whenever companies like, you know, that's a, the WWE famous for get to NXT and change your name or whatever. Um, so that was my number seven, or excuse me, my number eight. My number seven is swerves for swerve sakes. And then my number six was when there is referee interference, excuse me, with interference or a ref bump. Um, and then a ref bump comes from the back, or excuse me, let me try that again. Reading's hard. Uh, so when there's interference and a ref bump, ref is down, somebody comes in the ring, beats up a guy, hits him with a chair, bloodies him, it does whatever, and then a referee comes from the back and acts like he never saw anything and just counts the either the fall or the near fall or whatever uh, without disqualifying the very nefarious cheaters that are probably still around the ring with shrapnel and stuff all over the place. Love it, love it. What a solid top uh, or solid first five. Thank you, thank you. So to go into my top five things that I hate, um, <laughs> So here is what I did is uh, I had three, okay? I had three. So I had eight things and I had two to go. And so I didn't know what I wanted to say because you guys touched on so many and I didn't want to just rehash what you had already said uh, because we, you know, sort of discussed those before. And so I asked Mrs. Mongoose and Baby Mongoose for their things that they hated about wrestling. Right. Uh, and so they will be my number two and my number one. Okay. Perfect. So, yeah. So my number five is um, blatant blading. And here's why blatant blading irritates me. If you are getting color in a match, I'm, I'm here for it, man. Especially when warranted, when you are good at blading, keeps everything it keeps the story going it suspends the disbelief it enhances the match when i see you scrape your entire forehead with a razor blade and then hand it to a referee that then puts it in his pocket or throws it outside or mess it whatever it it it, it takes away from the moment a little bit you know uh and the, there was a uh, the MJF um, gig uh, off of that Danielson flying headbutt uh, when all of a sudden um, 
uh, Remsburg's in there. And, uh, you know, he uh, all of a sudden he, MJ reaches by MJF, picks something up and throws it right out of the ring. And it's like, OK, well, we get it now. Uh, you know, you had the the uh, Hulk Hogan versus Sergeant Slaughter WrestleMania seven uh, where he's sitting there and then he just grrr, across his entire head. Uh, <laughs> Baby Earl was the referee there. Um yeah, there there are some uh, the, uh, Kenny Omega versus uh, Jericho, I believe it was, uh, where Red Shoes hands him the blade, and then Kenny tries to cut himself like twice, and then he hands it back to Red Shoes. Like it's all right there. The, the I, it it really frustrates me because then you get somebody like a Shawn Michaels who gets the um who gets the uh the springboard or the monkey flip or whatever into the Hell in a Cell from the or the slingshot. That's it from yeah. the Undertaker. And while he's in midair, reaches up, gigs his entire forehead, hits the cage, and is bleeding like crazy, all in midair, dude. Like, th that is a work of art. You know what I'm saying? So when you're a good blader, it's awesome. Bad blading or blatant blading, again, it just, it, it, from that moment, it takes away from it a little bit. My uh, number four thing is glass and light tubes in matches. And I I did have death matches. That was going to be like my number one. And you buried them good enough last week. And the, the thing with it is, is I don't want to see people getting like legitimately hurt. You know, uh, that, that Texas death match that we saw was awesome. But um, the fact that uh, that they were... I guess as safe as you could be with barbed wire <laughs> was, was okay. But like that light tubes and glass and stuff like that, that, that really, really scares me. Um, and so I, I, and it makes me uncomfortable and I, it, it's not my thing. So glass and light tube, uh, light tubes specifically, I just, I can't deal with it. Um, and then my number three, which is my number one, uh, is that championships don't or when I should say championships don't change hands via disqualification or count out. There's there's no reason for it. It is my biggest bugaboo with pro wrestling. Look, yeah. man, if you are a boxer or if you're in the UFC, like and you get DQ'd, you lose your belt. Yes. Like you know, like so you want to tell me that in pro wrestling, that if I knock you out and you fall out of the ring and you're knocked out for a count of 10, I don't win. Yeah. Like your win your championship, I mean. Yeah. Like I it's it it is it is a it, you know, it was born of the uh Bruno San Martino. This is how we're gonna keep the belt on him, and here this is how we're gonna get a return match and everything. And it's just been how we've booked then for 60 years, and there's no reason for it. There's no reason for it, man. If this is a simulated sport, then uh having that having that be the standard frustrates me um and so if i could change anything about wrestling seriously that would be it is that we would uniform have you belt changes hands on disqualifications or countouts um because that would again if you were the world champion forever then why not just get yourself dq'd doesn't make any sense you know it seriously it doesn't make any sense at all so uh and that was the end of that um 60 minute match uh, where Remsburg screams at MJF, you hit him with the belt, I'm DQing you and you lose. That's the way it should be. You know, like if you get, if you do something underhanded where you need to win, then you should lose your championship.
So that's that was mine. So to go to my actual uh, number two and number one here, number two is going to be from Mrs. Mongoose, um, where I said, okay, honey, I would like you to tell me the thing that you hate most about wrestling. Um, my two is going to be an A, B, C, and D, because she gave me four things, oh. um, which all popped me. So uh, the first thing that she hates is when wrestlers die early and the negligence of the business isn't acknowledged. <laughs> and, and so, so yeah, so she came out hot and fire in there. Um, everything from, yeah, everything from drugs to uh, steroid abuse to um, murder to falling from the rafters uh, and we're not accountable. She ain't down with it. So that was, that. I was actually pretty, I was actually kind of embarrassed that I didn't have something like that in mind. Um, so that was her first thing. Um, her uh, second thing is how they just repackage people differently. Um, and then her example was, why is Bray Wyatt in that clown mask thing now? And so I was like, okay, you know, I, I get you. Um, her uh, other thing was, um, what was it? One, two, oh, my fault. She had, she gave me five things. So her, her next one was ripping off of movies. Um, whenever they have characters that are blatant ripoffs of movies or TV shows, uh, her line was, quote, get better writers. Um, so... I, you know, I, that's fine. You know, she, she solid point. Uh, her next one was nepotism um, because she's watched enough to say, why is this guy here? And I say, oh, because he's related to so-and-so. And she's <laughs> like, well, he sucks. Um, and so um, nepotism made it. And then her number one, which I had to write down as she said it was they did black China dirty. Black China being a uh, former Kardashian uh, uh, reality TV star, not China the wrestler. Um, I guess both maybe done dirty. I don't know. But because she said they did Black China dirty, uh, I was like, well, I'm writing that down. And that is that is my favorite thing that you've ever said. Uh, because, <laughs> because she didn't have any specifics either, dude. Like, it's not like she went and gave me reasons of how they did China dirty or anything like that. Um, but I think that this goes back to we were watching a uh, uh, I was watching like a, a WrestleMania or one of those like, like last days of China deals. Yeah. Uh, and she she got all into it, captivated by it. And apparently it stuck with her. So she's still pissed off that that was her um, her least favorite thing. That was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, yep. So thank I, you. That's so hard for that. Uh, well, she no Google Black is. China really quick while we're uh, while I'm talking here to give you the baby mongooses because when she said they did Black China dirty, I <laughs> almost fell out of the chair because they actually, um, actually did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so then my, uh, my 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 number ones are these are the three things that my six year old daughter came up with. Um, so so the first thing that she, the first thing that she said and this was just off the top of her head is when they're not in the ring you can absolutely hurt someone and that doesn't make sense so she hates it when wrestlers go out of the ring because somebody can get hurt and i said you know what that was that's a great that was great honey yeah yeah keep it in the ring um the second thing that she hates uh which would be my number one b is how they took away Bray Wyatt's song because it was my favorite. So um, not only did Bray Wyatt's uh, um, 
catching flies uh song go away on wwe but it's not on itunes anymore um so she took that personally yep and then her number one thing that she hates about wrestling which is my number one thing um is when they paint their faces red instead of bleeding because anytime someone gets a gusher I immediately have to say, oh my gosh, they painted his face again. This is so annoying. And so uh, she thought that was her thing is they they don't have real blood, but they paint their faces red. And I, when she said that, I was touched because at least she doesn't know that they just cut themselves with razor blades and are bleeding all over the flipping place. So, yep. So that was, that's, that was my list. That was awesome. What a dismount on that. That was great. Andretti, do you want to go next? Did you find out who Black China was yet? Yeah, I, I looked her up and I don't care. But I, I and at least now I know who she is, I guess. Uh, okay, so um, like I said last week, I didn't I didn't yeah. put these in order. I just wrote down 10 things. Actually, I have I have 11 now. But um, so the ones I went over last week were um, every kick out being on 2.9 instead of one or two, you know what I mean? I, I, that was my, that was one of mine. Um, bad belt branding was one of them. Um, indie wrestling audio problems where something is, is 9,000% louder than other things. <laughs> so that, that always drives me nuts. Um, indie, indie commentary teams who drop tons of F-bombs and scream uncontrollably for no reason. Uh, next one, no medical personnel checking on dead refs or dead announcers. And I think that was the five. One, two, three. Yeah, I think that was the five I had. Love it, love week. it. Let's hear. Let's hear. got an honorable mention as you. Okay, so I had a um, I had a like, I have six. I have six here. And look, I, again, they're not in any order. So my my number six, which is probably you know quote unquote a, an honorable mention. Um, I put when baby faces don't have any friends and they're just in there in the ring getting killed by a bunch of people. Absolutely, man. That's it. That's there's. I don't understand why we should cheer somebody that obviously nobody likes in the back. Right. Or, you know, yeah, you're right. doesn't make sense. Uh, my next one, I have uh, tag teams that are not branded. I know I, I know I complain to you guys a lot about that, but I, I can't stand it when there's a tag team that doesn't have I a tag team name. I love and don't have that. That gear. is on your list. That is, that I absolutely hate that. If it, if I was making that, if that, that would be an honorable mention on my list, but I absolutely hate non-branded tag teams. I hate teams that are just like, like Miz and Morrison. I hate that. Like, give them a name. I'm totally with you. Uh, my next one here, I put full entrances for every appearance. That always drives me nuts. Every time somebody comes out, we don't have to play the music. It and depends have, have the full, for me. The full that depends on if they actually have a good entrance. If they have a good entrance, like Cody should always take forever with all the pyro. I don't care if he's coming out to do commentary. He should have all of that pyro going off. I love it. it it's great though. Whenever there's whenever there's a run in though, and uh, instead of like going to save somebody, you have to get you have to get your shit in quick. Like Roman <laughs> would have to punch the ground or whatever, and then run out. Yeah, that, like Jeff it's Hardy really when he, he de- like Jeff Hardy when he debuted, he had to do the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, 
uh, my number three then, I think that's, I think I have three left here. So my number three, uh, when people like Tony Khan put their champions in matches with people who are moving half speed, that drives me out of my mind. And I'm talking about especially the situation we yes. had a couple of weeks ago with Jamie Hayter and the bunny. The bunny got busted open and the bunny can't work for shit, but you have your champion in there in a match with somebody who can't work. And there's no reason for it, man. Like that you you're just putting you're putting your your best player in that division in the ring with somebody that can't do anything right. And that and that drives me out of my freaking mind with with safety and booking and long-term planning. I mean, why would you do that? They're man? notorious just, for I, doing that. Tony crazy. loves to put somebody that's very unconventional that shouldn't be in a title match in a title match on dynamite. He's very notorious for doing that. I mean, look, if you want to get the bunny reps, then fine. But don't put her in the ring with Ruby Soho or, or, uh, uh, oh God, I'm blanking on the woman's name, the professor. What's the professor's name? Oh, yeah. Serena D. Why, why not, why not put her in matches on dark or, or even, even on dynamite with Serena Deeb or Ruby or, or whoever you want to put her in there with, man. Don't, yeah. don't put her in there with your chin. I don't know. I don't, I don't understand why they, why he's hell bent on doing that either. It drives me nuts too. Okay, so my second one, and um, this is this one drives me nuts too. <laughs> when when people are in their gear without having a match, that always makes me insane. Like like when you see people backstage or they walk out into the arena and they're in their in their That's Broski, gear, but you know they're not on the car. Broski, they said Broski. It did not matter if he was on that show or not. Every show that he was at, he was in his gear from the start of the show to the end of the show. Always I, baby. I, I actually kind of love it, <laughs> especially, especially, especially if you're just going to, if you're going to be back there, just mashing, you know, uh, cold cuts and, and uh, pasta salad or whatever, uh, whatever. I think that's pretty sweet. Go in there, go in there, get oiled up. Yeah. I can't, go in. Another one similar to that is I can't stand whenever people are wearing jeans but you yeah, can see knee pads. I do under hate jeans. knee pads under jeans. <laughs> that that probably should have been on my list. But you know, I, I with the with the showing up in your gear, like you were talking about Broski. I mean, look, man, I, I know that when I played when I played football um in high school, I mean I would just wear my full football game uniform to class every day. <laughs> just just in just just in case. Just in case Belfont or or Berlin Brothers Valley showed up out of nowhere and, and wanted to play yep. a football or, game, or in spot. case you got someone to do up downs in the hallways at ten fourteen a.m. It's so that is, stupid. That is so great. So my my number one, which is like I'm laughing as I say this, my number one is when somebody tries to pin someone. And they're spinning around yeah. on the mat while trying to perform the pin. Yes, I wholeheartedly agree. Like they're like they're they're really grinding the pin they're in grind, as hard as they can. Their and they're, and spinning, they're around. spinning around yeah. in a circle. I yeah. dude, it, I hate that so much, dude. It's so, it's oh, so yeah, stupid. that is a good one. Wow, what a great what a what a great ten from you. Damn, that is awesome. Was did you say you had eleven? What was your honorable mention? 
my honorable mention um, was uh, what was the what was my six here? I, it was number six for me this week. My honorable mention was when baby faces are just oh, getting their ass yeah. kicked and nobody uh, comes out to help because everybody hates them. Agreed. Love it. All right. So uh, my top ten or my top ten uh, going starting from last week was uh, number ten was being too many titles to remember. Uh, number nine was bad booking, which that's kind of a blanket statement across all of it. I should have been more descriptive, but um, number eight was storylines that never end. And, you know, we're, we're, I feel, it feels like we're kind of living in that sometimes. Um, number seven was death matches and number six was part-time champions. So those were my five from last week. Uh, my number five is camera cuts. And it's, I know that you touched on this a little bit last week, Mongoose, but it, it kind of goes into yours. But I hate whenever you're trying to watch something and they're cutting at so many cuts that you're, I'm getting sick because I can't focus on what they're doing. And it, WWE is notorious for that. Kevin Dunn, it, it's gotten a lot. I will say that it's gotten better since Vince has left and all that. But damn, so those shows, if you go back a year or two ago, them things are unwatchable at most points, just because they're cutting to so many camera angles. It's just like, just stay on one camera for like literally longer than a millisecond. Cause I can't, you we're missing everything. They miss all kinds of stuff like that here in the Royal rumble. And, and it's, and the worst is when it would be cut on every strike. Oh. And the idea is you cut away from the contact. So in case they miss, and in reality, We've thrown working punches for 120 years. Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, if you can't throw a working punch, then why are you even on TV in the first place? So, yes, that, that's what gets really frustrating is whenever they're doing punch exchanges or whatever, and everyone is cut, 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 cut. Yeah, it's the every strike, and I'll even add to that, it's the fucking zooming on the impact. Like, that zooming on the impact, oh, that is just so bad. And the guy, yes, you're doing for for the listeners. Mongoose is doing the head bob like that one guy was doing on um the Seth Rollins boot kick on the ramp, and that dude is just bouncing his head up and down, and that camera's flying up and down. It's a great meme. Listening but, to listening to Scissor Fight while uh while filming Seth and uh Seth put the boot boots down on somebody. Yes, oh, it it, it I can't <laughs> I can't stand that. Uh, my number four is the ever chasing Undertaker character. Every promotion tries to find that character that is like the Undertaker with something supernatural. I hate it. Why can't we just let it alone? Because it, it's not like Undertaker, like the dead man gimmick. It, like, listen, I'm not a big dead man gimmick guy. I am an American badass guy because that's what that was what I grew up with. So I think the dead man is the shits, but I love American Badass Undertaker because it's more believable to me. And I know for Mongoose and Andretti, they're big. They're the dead man because that's what they grew up with and all that. Oh, I, I all the way, all. Am. <laughs> all the way. I, dude, I, when he went to heaven, man, oh my gosh, that was the seminal moment of my life. I think it's one of the worst that's gimmicks a, in wrestling history. That's a history. sizzler hot take. I 
It, it is a hot tag. I, I, I just I hate how it. they're all how every promotion has to try to have somebody that does that. And, and you, they don't they don't need to do that. Look at that bad boy right there. For the listeners, we got Mongoose. He's got he's got a little something he's gonna put over here. He's got the uh you want to put it over, Mongoose? That whole, uh, we got a we got a foam replica rest in peace urn sitting right here with me. Um, that I've just shown the uh showing the boys on the uh on a call here. Um, listen, man, whenever I went to my first WWE show when I was a little kid, um the first gimmick that I ever bought was a uh was Bret Hart's sunglasses and pink Bret Hart wristbands. The second show that I went to, I got an Undertaker foam urn. And then the third show that I went to, I got a Tatonka foam uh uh tomahawk. Um, but but the yeah, man, I love I love Dead Man Undertaker, bro. Loved him. Oh, I th- I think having having a biker having a biker gimmick called the Undertaker is it's, excellent. It's so good, dude. Most most bikers work in morgues, so it makes perfect sense. It's so good, and you done it now. You're going made a big mistake. And I can't allow. Oh, it's so good. We're, we'll insert that music here. But. Yep. Music is so good, but I, I hate the ever chasing Undertaker gimmick. It pisses me off. Uh, number three, this will go into what happened on Dynamite last Wednesday, which we'll we'll get to. But I hate the bait and switch. I hate when they are baiting you and they they're making you think that something's gonna happen, and they just rip the rug out from under you, and they're just like, nope, not getting that. I hate that. And they, they they did that this week on Dynamite with making us believe that FTR was going to be this Joker team. And they didn't even have a Joker in their own gimmick match. That was absolutely bullshit. They, that was the very first match that we've ever seen a part of AEW. It was the casino ladder match. It has had a... It, it's For one, it's a gimmick match. And then on top of that, the, the Joker is supposed to be the whole big part of that entire match and then you don't have a joker what is the point of doing the match it's the whole gimmick and you just shit all over your whole gimmick so apparently they've already said that they they haven't they've already done these before without a joker i find that very hard to believe i'm sure they have and if they have i'm wrong but i i think it's the shits i hate it bait and switches no but and the other thing is that's and you know i don't i don't know because i haven't kept the log but the casino like they called it a casino battle royale which the casino battle royale was suits so you would come out in suits which meant that four people came out at a time you know what i mean and then you had the joker which was the last one which was lance archer and it was brian cage and it was uh christian was it christian once um he was no i don't I'm not sure if it was Christian, but Hangman was a Joker, I think, twice. 
that was in a ladder match. That yeah. right? That one was in was the but that was in the ladder match, wasn't it? Wasn't that the one in Philadelphia? That was the one in Philly. That's when I was at. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know, but that, that was, that was the other thing that I thought was interesting was that they, they called it the casino battle Royale and there were no suits, which you could still do with tags because four is divisible by two. Um, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I don't know. Go on, go on. Yeah. That was, uh, it just, it just infuriated me. Uh, but number two, I have marathon wrestling cards and the, the one that, drives me up the wall that i think of is wrestlemania 37 that one that was in new york i feel i felt like that show was a marathon even though we all spent that together and great uh friend of the show fudge he fell asleep literally seconds into the show literally drove to mongoose's house gave dapped everybody up said hello and by the time lesnar's music was over he was zonked out face down on the floor and we he did not wake up until the end of that triple threat match. Uh, but and the other thing I can think of is that New Japan show at the Cow Palace where we had the Golden Lovers versus the Elite. And or yeah, yeah, the Golden Lovers versus the Elite, that Cow the, Palace tag. The Golden the Golden Lovers, Young Bucks. Young Bucks, yes. I'm sorry. Yeah. That, there there was there was a there was a Wrestle Kingdom or two before they split the two nights that were forever as yeah. well. It's like six hour shows. And then yeah. the bad thing with that was, is that you had like, I know that one year it was uh, like a six hour show. And then they had Ibushi and Osprey and they had like nine minutes. Like, yeah. so what are we doing? Like if I'm watching this long, man, what, what for? The, the only thing that was good about that Cal Palace show was that that golden lovers young bucks match is one of my favorite tag matches of all time. That match is so good. Um, but yeah, I can't stand marathon wrestling cards. So my number one, I will probably get heat for this, but I want to preface, I have a, I have a rebuttal. But my number one thing that I hate in wrestling is intestinal fortitude. But it is not gorilla's intestinal fortitude. I believe that intestinal fortitude should have lived and died with gorilla. Everybody else that's used intestinal fortitude after that, Stephanie McMahon. McFoley, all of the McMahons, all of them do not get to use that. They, it's overused. It's overdone. It's a fail safe for something that you have no idea what you want to say. They just say, oh, they got a lot of intestinal fortitude. No, it, and it's enough. Let it live with the gorilla. It was his deal. Let it live with him and nobody else should use it. It's way overdone. When anyone ever says intestinal fortitude, like Michael Cole, it is nails on a chalkboard for me. I hate it. It makes me want to turn my television off whenever someone says intestinal fortitude. It pisses me off. And that, oh, I'm getting mad thinking about somebody saying it right now, especially Steph, because Steph wore that saying out. Yes. Yeah, I was, I was a, just going to say, dude, for that, for that to be or not, I'm not even going to, there's, there's nothing. I'm going to give you heat about a rebut. That is so out of nowhere. <laughs> Good. I love it. I absolutely love it. I know that you guys have given me heat about it before in the chat, though, because I'm like, intestinal fortitude sucks. Yeah, and then we tell you you suck, but it's cool. <laughs> oh, I just can't stand it whenever Steph uses it. She used it during those authority days. She used it in every promo. Oh, it drives me nuts. I hate it. But, ah. Uh, but that was our uh, top 10 things that we hate about wrestling. 
that was awesome. And that was an Andretti idea. So thank you for that idea. Um, but we got a big show to, we got a show to review here. So, uh, AEW revolution was this past Sunday. I thought the show, it is exactly what you said earlier. Mongoose, this show delivered and AEW is undefeated on pay-per-views. Every single pay-per-view that they've ever done, they've absolutely, it's a home run every time. It never disappoints. Yes, there are dead spots in the show, but if you look at that show overall, it, it's A-plus every single time. And we all had our reservations about this one, and it, it absolutely just crushed all of those that we had during the show. From the first bell in that zero hour uh match the whole way until the final bell rang it was top-notch shit that i don't know how they can do much better than that that was the best show that you could put on with that roster that they have now every literally every match but two over delivered yes. and the two that didn't over deliver weren't bad they just weren't you know a plus plus and, and so and pacing awesome oh yeah. match Finish, get to it. Match, finish, get to it. Yeah, great show. Yeah, I love that they don't like to spend a lot of time on these shows. They don't, they're not going to kill you with packages and um, commercials and stuff like that. Like, it, once that final bell rings and they're out of the ring, we're rolling the music on the next show. So, or the next match. So, uh, but what'd you think, uh, Andretti? What'd you think of the show? I mean, how <laughs> good is Yapper? So good, man. He's so good. So I, I had a couple notes, you know, about the show overall. Just, you know, the crowd was great. Roberts was great. You know, as always, they deliver big on 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 pay per view when you spend your money. I, I don't think I've ever, I don't think I've ever spent a dollar on on anything AEW that I regret. Now, I'm, I may, maybe I maybe I'm forgetting stuff, but I think I, I feel like every dollar I've ever spent on their product has been has been worthwhile. For, for as much as for as much as I you know rag on them sometimes about it, but everyone's everyone's efforts with the show were just well. And and here's the fantastic. thing with it that I you know in in having you know uh, whatever two days to reflect since since the show, um, I'm I am very happy that all of us and this isn't just all of us. It, it seems to be most sane people, sane wrestling fans. Uh, it's very good that there is criticism launched at that company that is not just criticism for criticism's sake. Like there's a lot of things that they don't do well. And then to bring those up and have those put into the ether uh, and, you know, hopefully reverberated and getting to the right people that are able to make adjustments and make change for a better product is only a good thing. If all the internet ever said was how good the company was and everything, then they would never get any better and they could fall into laws and they could end up being 2016 WWE Network WWE, where we know you're going to watch, we're going to put on great balls of fire. We're going to have, uh, you know, this, this just rando, you know, here's Braun Strowman versus Roman Reigns in a seven minute match that like, you know what I mean? And that's, that's not the way that they operate. 
the pay-per-views are killer because they still have to earn your money and the product itself is far from perfect and that's okay as long as as long as we continue to refine here i'm here for it because then that's also what makes it interesting you know if everything was just great all the time then we as fans fall into laws it makes you appreciate what they do well when they do it well when everything isn't done well you know what i'm saying that's very well said because they haven't been doing the weekly shows correct at least for me because that makes me appreciate those shows that we got, you know, a year and a half to two years ago, how good they were every single week. Like it didn't it, there. It felt like for four to five months at a time where every single dynamite felt like a home run. And like, I can't think of a time period where I've ever thought that every single show and every single segment that I've watched, like I was entertained in some way, form or fashion. Like, yes, there was some, not, not everything was a home run, but I, I'm pretty sure that for a, a long time, you would look back on those dynamites and we would all say that show was awesome. I enjoy well, it. And, and now we, where it's like, well, we don't really like dynamite that much. Well, you keep saying that, but dude, there has been amazing dynamites this whole year so far. I know. I, and then we remind you of all the good stuff that we watch on Wednesday and you say, yeah, but I hate Soraya. <laughs> so like so like you 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 I, I the fact is is that they don't have enough to pull in 1.4 million viewers consistently but if they've done if they've done uh what would that be uh, I don't know 12 dynamites or whatever so far this year I bet you 7 or 8 were solid B plus to A shows seriously man there's been some awesome dynamites I know. I just, I, I get just the, the stuff. They don't have buzz though. They're cold. That is true. The and, and, and they're bad is bad. They're, they're bad is bad enough to make you think that it sucks. Correct. That like they're bad is so bad. And it's, and it's stuff I've complained about for three years. So that's why it makes me feel like it, it's not good when in, in fact, like there are good things, but I can't see past it. it and this is, yeah. It's just me stumbling over my own dick. I can't get boo. I can't get past it. So, but the other thing too is is that's the evolution that that the fan base is going to have because when they started, not only the the reason that it felt so awesome was we were rooting for them to do awesome, and now we know how good everybody on that show can be, and so it's this the bar is set high, and so when they do do well then that means that that is a banger show. And when they don't do well, then we've seen you do better. So do better. Do you know what I'm saying? So there's, there's that part of it too, but their product is not, you know, where it was. And then, you know, yeah, I, we have to uh, keep in the perspective that WWE is on top of the world right now. And um, Raw still sucks. Yeah. Like that's, it's, 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 you know, we just talked about how bad they have five hours a week and three of it isn't very good. Yeah. So there's that. Yeah. That, that you make a valid, very valid point is that WWE is super hot there. This is the hottest WWE has been. I don't know, since WrestleMania 28, I'd say mainstream wise. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think, and, I think you're right there. And so, like, I mean, that, that that's that's over. That's eleven years ago now. So, like, and and to even say that, like, they're hot, but like, even their their main show, which was supposed to be the main show, 
it isn't good at all. Like that's saying something. So like it, we're WWE right now is overachieving where it feels like AEW is achieving. They're just not overachieving anymore. And, but in, until, unless you're, t- but it, like, in fact, where they are in most respects, overachieving the stuff where they're not achieving, I, I can't look past it anymore. It's driving me dead nuts now. Well, and, and it's, and it's, that's okay. You know, but we, no, but yeah. this show, this show is still awesome. This, right. this no, is great. No, this, show, this show absolutely delivered on all fronts. I absolutely love this show. This show is fantastic. This, this got me back in. I'm back. I'm back. They, they pulled, they, they reeled me back in, baby. But uh, do we want to talk about that pre-show match at all? All right, so the pre-match show yeah, absolutely. was uh, an ROH, uh, ROH Tag Team Champion Mark Briscoe and the Lucha Bros. Uh, def- or, uh, yeah, they defeated the Varsity Athletes, which is Tony Nese and Josh Woods and Ari Davari. So, them, them Lucha Boys is an awesome trio name. Yes. That like I, that is really cool that they did that. Dem Lucha Boys is great. Fantastic. They huh. If they line them up for a future like a trios tag deal, those are the kind of trios teams I want to see. Like but that. Then, but the thing that made me happiest about it was that those three gelled so well together. So now let's get Pac in some singles matches, please. Yes. <laughs> like, like I was I was even more excited because now I get to see Pac wrestle by himself. Yes. Oh. Yeah, that match was so good. That that, that pre-show that might be the best, probably the yeah for them yeah, pre-show match. Pre-show ballsy. Yep, total total party, total party, and everybody hit their spots. And um, the best part about it was that they gave one of those. Uh, you know, whenever I said that I hated Swerve for Swerve's sakes, when yeah. we got hit with the iPad or whatever, and you're like, oh, bro. And then there was the two count. Like, those are the things that, like, man, they're good. Like, those are, you know, in it, like an intermatch turn or whatever that, like, that crowd went insane on that kick out. And then there wasn't any bullshit afterwards. Um, you know, we got the Jay Briscoe pin. And then afterwards, Mark Sterling. I put him over in the group chat because, you know, he's, he's not my thing, but I will give him credit. The dude knows that he is a geek manager and he bumps every time he takes everybody's finish. He flops and drops all around. He always will look like a nerd and good on him for that, man. Like that's, it is, I can't, I cannot put him down for the role that he plays um, you know, if, if I didn't know him from the the major uh, figure podcast, maybe maybe I'd see him differently. Um, but I, I, I give him a lot of credit too. I thought top to bottom that was an awesome opener. Yeah, I put I put a note in here too um, for my own notes about how good of a job. Yeah, I thought everyone did really well. Um... I, I told I told y'all that Tony Nice and Josh Woods were awesome. You have been. You've been, been very you vocal years. about, especially Josh Woods. Josh Woods is your boy, and I, I just, yeah, they're they're they are awesome. I just wish that they would make Tony Nese look like such a geek sometimes. But that too. Well, I wish they wouldn't make Josh Woods look like a geek. But I mean, how how awesome is Ray Phoenix, man? He he's he's so fast and so athletic, man. It's such yeah, a, I really would so love to see Phoenix work. do more single stuff. 
Because doesn't he do? Wasn't he the Triple A champion at one point? Yeah, he um and him and him and Omega had that match from Poughkeepsie that we watched together, and then him and Omega had a five star match on a Dynamite uh, right after Kenny won the title. Uh, if you remember that, mm-hmm. um, so and and there was also the Ray Phoenix and um, Nick Jackson rando out of nowhere singles match that was like an insane you know twelve minute. Uh, freaking, you know, just a spot fest. Um, so the best thing about the Lucha Bros is they are great in trios. They could, they've been tag team champions and either one of those two guys could be a legitimate world title contender. And I hope that they, I, I just, I just hope that they don't get slotted because now that, you know, they, they went out of the tag thing, they're in the trios. Now they went from Pac to now Jay Briscoe. I hope that they don't just get slotted as only a trio with Jay Briscoe because I want Jay Briscoe to be a single. And then I would like, if the Lucha Bros, man, let's go ahead and let's give one, put that, um put that uh, All-American belt on one of them too. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, w- what would be the harm in that? Um, Ray Phoenix in absolutely and and, uh, is a world title contender depending on who the opponent is you're going to get an awesome match and uh pentagon simply because he's the bigger one that's you know that you know with the heavy hitter uh more strikes and everything could be in a world title match tomorrow and be a credible and believable threat and if they put the belt on him nobody would be insanely upset either you know so yeah I, i think that they're the best I mean, I, I want to see Mark Briscoe in in every ma- every card for the for the rest of AEW. I mean that that redneck karate so stuff good. he does is, is absolutely fantastic. love it. But yeah, that pre-show match was awesome. But then we uh, got into the main card. Before we move on to the main card, though, have to put over Shivani absolutely stumbling over that explanation of what that that final burial match was. That was absolutely incredible. Yeah, I'll tell you, man. That was that was that was hard to watch. That was a total, just a total train wreck where he, you know, he tripped up once and you could tell that he shook him up. So then he just kept tripping up. And it's crazy because like he's very good at what he does. And he very often takes that stick and works the crowd. And I think that what really shook him up was whenever he did that thing at the beginning where he was like, and and what about that Christian Cage? We don't like him. And it came out weird. And the crowd was like, uh, yeah, you know what I mean? And I, I think that that sort of got the ball rolling that like, oh, my God, that was. Yeah, that gave me the heavy jeevies. I hope that they talk about that tomorrow when they drop the pod. I hope that they talk about that. Maybe they might not have one because he's probably really busy with talent and all that. But I hope they talk about that because that it popped me to the moon. Uh, love you, Tony. But. Uh, the opener was Ricky Starks uh, versus Chris Jericho with the JAS was banned from ringside, which I thought this was a really good opener. Great opening match and a rare occurrence of someone beating Chris Jericho two times in this case. So Ricky Starks gets the win here, uh, which we all thought that Jericho was going to win that match in a smarmy, you know, awful dastardly way any any they well i thought they were at first because the jas is banned from ringside but then sammy runs in there so like what's the point of even having that and i boy do i hate sammy man dude he got he got murked 
I uh, actually had Dreddy. That spear was awesome. Out of nowhere, man, he just totally hit sticked it. That was great. That was a really, really great spot. Um, I thought the notes that I had here were first, I thought that Ricky Starks' vest said shits. Um, <laughs> and so uh, that, that popped me big at, uh, to see him come out and me think, oh my God. And then I realized this said Starks. Um, Mrs. Mongoose stayed up for uh, one and a half matches. And uh, this was one of them. Um, the first thing that she said was uh, this guy, uh, speaking of Chris Jericho, uh, go home to your aquarium, quit wrestling, give it up. Um, and the reason she said that is because my mom made us watch a, uh, there's some reality show where they install um, aquariums in people's houses. And the one that we watched was actually of Chris Jericho. Um, and so uh, Mrs. Mongoose took it personally and said, go home to your aquarium, give it up. She also buried his fake hair. She said he has some sort of like uh, woven Hollywood hair piece in that she could tell because uh, she's really, really good at uh, like face makeup and stuff like that. Um, and then she laughed out loud at the initial uh, punch exchange. Um, like that was just her reaction. She just bursted it out, bursted out laughing. I, I liked it. I thought it was great. Um, and then the things for the match that I had, uh, there was an abdominal stretch spot in the middle, which A, selling Ricky's side, great. B, love me a good abdominal stretch, man. We don't see it enough. And when Jericho especially does those little homages to the past, I absolutely love it. Um, and then the last thing that I wrote was this was an absolutely awesome opener. Uh, Starks, uh, Rochambeau after an amazing reversal. And that was him hitting the uh, stop in the Judas effect in a way that we haven't seen yet. It was really, really cool. Stark's clean win, like you said, very rare to get too over clean, and he did, and I was pleasantly surprised. And Jericho is still the best because that was that was that was awesome. I uh, absolutely awesome. Loved it. What you got, Andretti? I, I didn't have much else other than just uh, saying that I I took Starks yeah, in that match. I, I thought that he did. I didn't want to speak up in case um, I was going to be wrong, but no. Andretti totally said, "Give me Starks." Yeah, no, it's okay. I knew as soon as I said it, I was wrong. I mean, right, right call on the winner. It's the it's the right call on the winner. I'm I'm curious to see. Yeah. Where so both of one them thing that I do want to say about this show is that this felt like a lot of endings to a lot of stories. So I think that. This dynamite tomorrow night will be really interesting because it was the encapsulation of a lot of these stories that have been going on for some have been going on way too long, but some of them are just like that. That was just the ending of them all. So I think that we're going to see a lot of new fresh things that we haven't seen in a long time or ever. So I'm in. That's what makes me excited about this show. Well, that's a really good point. And you know what? The inflection point last year was the double or nothing show because we had. Punk win the title and then got hurt. And that was the, that was supposed to be them ride that summer of punk. And the thing that really started to uh, spiral the company um, was that uh, they did that battle Royal for the title uh, for the title shot. And like, remember it had like, yeah. uh, 
I don't even know. It had like Ryan Nemeth and, uh, uh, you know, just random people in there. And there was no Moxley won it. Never mind. Uh, There was no Jericho. There was, you know, you had these former champions and they weren't in the match. You had these heavy hitters. There was no Miro. There was, you know, no Malachi Black, nothing like that. And I think that that really started the you know, the downward spiral there. And like you said, I think that maybe we have a chance at a little bit of a reset here going into the spring. And so hopefully we get it. Absolutely. So uh, the next match was Jungle Boy versus Christian Cage in the final burial match. I didn't have a lot of expectations for this match. I I mean, obviously it was going to be a gimmick match, but I just, I, I was over the moon with this match it was amazing from start to finish the start of it being christian coming out in that sleeveless turtleneck and working that match in that sleeveless turtleneck the tactile neck i absolutely adore that that was so good the one thing i will say about jungle boy he wore the jeans that you could see the knee pads in the pants um yeah d- he did he so not actually Aside from the knee pads and the pants, he actually looked believable. I don't even have notes on this match because I, I completely dude, this, forgot this, it. This one was, oh, I, dude, yeah. And I'll tell you what, man. And I love when it. they I announced it. it, I was like, okay. Yeah. You know, and then they out of nowhere changed it to a final burial match. And I remember I read on the observer page uh the night that the day that it happened we're literally in the observer page they're like we don't really know what the stipulation is and i'm thinking like oh god this is going to be a disaster right Uh, and this was awesome christian cage absolute mvp man he was excellent dude he not only the turtleneck like you said um that scowl Whenever he's bleeding and he turned the table on Jungle Boy right by the casket um, and he like scowled and smiled at the camera was awesome. Him doing everything from throwing dirt in Jungle Boy's eyes to gouging his eyes. That's so perfect, man. It was it was it was throwback dastardly heel stuff that was getting eaten up by the crowd. Jungle Boy was the perfect sympathetic baby face here because he just kept getting outsmarted by this, you know, this rotten, experienced, dastardly, you know, villain. And then finally at the end, gets, you know, not only does he get the win. But he got the comeuppance. He got the, you know what? Screw you, buddy. Concerto. Um, Christian sold it like he was absolutely D-E-A-D. You know, just completely cold and, um, you know, sandbagged as he's rolling over, flopping all over the place. And then the freaking casket dropped straight to the center of the earth. I absolutely loved it, man. This was excellent. Yeah, it, it absolutely was. And then when they slammed the casket and it dropped to hell, like that was awesome. Yep. Uh, Then they moved quickly along and we got what I thought, this is hard to rank the matches here, but when this happened, I thought this was match of the night, but then the other matches came along after. But this was the House of Black versus the Elite in the trios titles. And 
there for the longest time. I did not want Kenny to tag out. I just wanted them. To, I just wanted the Bucks to just stand there and Kenny just keep fighting everybody in the House of Black because I love those matchups. They were fantastic. Oh man, Kenny versus all three of them individually. I mean, give Absolutely. me all Loved of those it. matches right and now. And it was great the way that they set that match up and it played out. It was fantastic. I can't put this match over enough. It was yeah. so good. Yeah. And you know what's crazy is that when exactly what you said, that that this was my match of the night. And then the next time the next one that I saw was my match of the night. And then the last match was my match of the night. So like the they it is pretty crazy that you had a match that was this bonkers, bananas, clean, not a missed spot, insane. Dude, the near falls, the high spots, all of it was perfectly done. And the crowd was molten hot. And you had two other matches that were able to equal or top it, which is that is good on the entire locker room for that. Um, my uh, my my things that I had here uh, were the Penny and Alistair or Malachi Black that first exchange that they did, oh. where they threw finishers at each other right away. That Malachi Black Black Mass. That had to miss Kenny's face by, like, he had to smell the rubber on his boot. Do you know what yeah. I'm saying? It was so close. And then Kenny's facial to sell, like, Woo, you almost got me there, was awesome. Yes. Um, whenever, uh, whenever they, um, whenever they then, when they, when they had Nick, excuse me, when Matt tagged in and said, give me the big guy, <laughs> and the big guy came in and he said, oh shit, and tried to tag out right away. That that popped me. I thought that that was cool. And then the best thing with the Bucks in that match was they were in there versus Brody King. And the one thing that I honestly didn't want to see was Nick give Brody Brody King and uh, Buddy Buddy Matthews like the uh, the double northern Northern Star uh, suplexes or Northern Light suplexes or something like that. Um, and they didn't. They let. King be the giant. The anytime the Bucks were able to get heat on Brody King, they started by super kicking his knees and then they'd super kick him in the leg or in the waist to literally have to chop him down to then do something. Or it would take two of them to do something to really phase him. I thought that, dude, I thought Brody King came out of this match just looking like a world beater, man. He was so good. Um, and I thought that they did an amazing job selling for him. And this was all, all three of the elite guys were great. Um, the way that you had, uh, again, when Brody would sell whenever he needed to sell and he would no sell what he didn't need to sell. So if Matt Jackson's going to throw an elbow at his face, he ain't moving, dude. If he's going to get a double super kick, all right, you know, now, now we're going to get wobbly or whatever. Uh, so that was all great. Um, my favorite spot of this match that was not the finish because that finish was awesome uh, was the uh, Kenny Omega reaction to V triggering Julia Hart. Dude, when he V triggered Julia Hart and then he went eh, and then went right back at I died man i absolutely died um and then also um that finish of we're doing a melter driver get 
cold cocked HBK Shelton Benjamin style with the knee mm -hmm. and then right into um, the uh, black mass right into the uh, Dante's Inferno or whatever that spike pile driver is that Brody King does. Uh, dude, that was great. And then I mean, just out like a light Matt Jackson. I said last week that I actually thought Kenny was going to eat this and then Kenny would be the one that would go and, you know, fight the war. Um, but the way that they did it was absolutely perfect. I have no problem protecting Kenny at all. Um, and so I'm excited to see what happens next, man, because I, I would love to see, you know, Kenny fight, especially King and Black would be great. Him and Matthews would be just fine, but him and him, him and King and him and Black is going to be awesome. Yeah, they did an, an unbelievable job presenting Buddy Matthews and Brody King as like real ass kickers. In that yeah, match, it was man. fantastic. Brody King, awesome. I can't put him over enough for how good he looked. And I had said during that match that like, I love how they're selling. They sold different for each member of the House of Black. It was fantastic. This is an early match of the night, match of the year candidate for the Podski Awards because this match was fantastic. Five stars for me for this one. Now, I there's listen, man, there's better matches, but I can't ask for anything else in a match. Do you right. know what I'm saying? Like, like that. Yeah, that there's I, there's nothing else that I could ask for. It was crisp. It was, again, the motions up, down, uh, you know, they're the near falls. There were three or four completely believable near falls. Saves were great. Selling was awesome. I yeah, this is Bravo. All right, and then we had the women's title match with Jamie Hayter, Ruby Soho, and Soraya. And I didn't think this match was bad, but it was good. Um, I didn't think it was bad. It was just meh. But, um, but yeah, Hayter retains. I thought that was the right move. And then we had the uh, post-match angle where uh, Ruby turned on Hayter and Britt, and she joined this... Uh, they joined the group of Soraya and Tony Storm, and we'll see where this goes. I don't know if I like it, but it was it was there for me. I I don't like it at all with the Ruby Soho thing. I think uh, Mongoose, you had a you had a much better idea uh, when we were watching the show about what to do with Soho uh, than what, than yeah, what they thank what you. They came I, that was for me when I, I, that her cocking um, hater right off of that you know i'm standing with you or whatever and if it was so out of nowhere and it got such a reaction that if she would have just got out of the ring and gave everybody double birds and said i can't deal with any of you ladies you know like you're you're all the worst i'm 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 lone wolf in this that's what i wish would have happened um i i don't think that because i don't think that that's heelish I don't uh, because I don't know if Jamie Hayter and Britt are baby faces like they, they you know, they get baby face reactions. But, you know, there's they they at any point in time can cheat. Nobody's you know, nobody thinks any differently. And that's not the deal with Ruby. Um, and so I I think that you really could have kept her credible as an individual challenger. And I thought that her joining the other two was too cliche. Um and I thought that 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 angle took away from the match because a uh, live you both thought that somebody got hurt because they cut the match off and obviously it was because they needed to get to the post match angle because mm -hmm. of timing 
Um, and the angle took away from the match because the match was great. Um, I mean, and when I say great, I mean everything was good, man. Spots look good. They're a good good near falls. I honestly thought Ruby was gonna win this. And the reason why is uh when she came out, I literally wrote down uh Ruby's look is great. I thought that she was very like um headbanger-ish. And I, I thought that I really thought that she looked good and i mean like looked like she was going to win a belt and she was singing her music and stuff man and she was acting like somebody that knew they were going to get the title so yeah. when she lost i was actually i was actually surprised um and but the, her the way that she acted on the way to the ring had me completely believing that As she was going to win and so when she had near falls i was kind of thinking every time oh, is this it so yeah. yeah, swerves yeah. for the sake of swerves, I'm not a fan of. And she was, the crowd was really behind her. And I know sometimes that is a really, you know, convenient time to flip somebody, flip somebody heel, you know, and and, and they get a lot right. more heat that way. But people like her for real. I mean, it's like, I mean, it's, this isn't the time to do that. And unless you're going to, unless you're going to make her a heel and put the belt on her, I don't think that's going to happen. And it's hard to I don't be, really see what the it's hard to be a heel a when like, look, man, she is all, you know, punk and, and, and all that with her look, but like, man, she got a great smile. Like, like, seriously, like, like, like she, she looks genuinely happy to be out there and performing for people. And it's contagious. Like when she gets so, when she's all fired up and she walks out and she turns around and she's doing her, you know, uh, destination unknown thing whenever she comes out, it, she has infectious energy. And the crazy thing is, is that um, she was on the wrong side of this. Uh, was it was it the, her that they put over and not Jamie Hayter? Do you guys remember the show? I think it was a Rampage show where they had Ruby beat somebody and the crowd turned because I, they wanted the other people or the right. other person rather. Yeah, no, I I think it was. Yeah, I think it was Hater. And, 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 you know, the shame of it is, is that now they Ruby earned them the whole way back. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it went from we want the other girl to like we're behind this one and it sucks that then they turn her, you know, like, like it, it's not easy to lose a crowd as a baby face and then get them back without doing anything crazy, like just earning them back. And I feel like that they just let that, they let that, you know, they let a good thing go. Absolutely. Uh, but then moving on. Yeah, I agree. Uh, that The other, the other thing about this too, is that now we're, we're right. just continuing the storyline where we've got these three outsiders versus Hader and Baker and, and someone else. I mean, why are we, why are we still doing yeah. this? I mean, no, no one cares about, about that story. Just kill. It. I, I thought they, I thought they no. did the right thing and killed it. Apparently they didn't kill it. You know, but one, one thing too, that I thought of was, you know, I know everybody's kind of up in arms about, about Baker um, not being presented well, you know, but it, 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 it very well could be that she asked, to take a, a little bit of a of a step back because yeah, of how serious the stuff was that with that yeah, and or and and not only that it, we had you know she had that that women's belt for a year ish and had a broken nose had a broken arm had a like you know that it also could have just been hey let me on tv can can i can i heal <laughs> you know what i mean like can i can i be okay so that and that could have been it too is that it could have been or a combination of the two things you know, where, where you got the physical and emotional drain and strain. So that, that all of that's very, very possible. Absolutely. 
Uh, then next we had what I thought would have been. This was my second match of the night, which was the Hangman Adam Page versus Moxley in the Texas Death Match. I'm usually not a Death Match guy, like I've said before, but this was very well done. I was, I, I really liked this match. It was everything that I expected it to be. They, this was a war. They, they, it, it, it was awesome. This was totally awesome. And Hangman getting the win over Moxley and Moxley tapping uh is insane i i i loved it i thought it was fantastic they 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 went all out first time i've ever seen bricks ever used in a match um <laughs> uh shout out bricks malone but i just i thought that this was awesome go ahead andretti as as you guys know i'm not the uh I'm not the uh, biggest Hangman Page fan in the world, but the the, uh, the entrance was awesome. The new the new the new music is great. Uh, fresh coat of paint, man, and and, and that that is always a, a good thing for people. Um, you know, look, I I have to give him credit for having an awesome match. I, I kind of figured he was going to get the win. Uh, Moxley did a hell of a job in that match. It looked it looked really good. You know, for them only using. Um, a couple props, you know, in the big scheme of things, we've seen a lot, lot stupider things in wrestling, but the match was, the match was really good and really well done. And, and, you know, probably the right call on the, on the, uh, on the ending. Um, I'm not sure what we're going to do next, whether we're going to get page um, as a, uh, as a baby face challenge in MJF, but I kind of, I kind of wouldn't mind seeing um, hangman page as a heel. If, 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 if they can pull that off, I, I probably would rather see him as a heel right now than as a, uh, as a baby face. But I don't, I don't know which direction they're going to go with that, but I'm assuming we're going to get uh, MJF and page since, uh, since MJF. I love his new presentation that, that with the, with the new music in the entrance. It was fantastic. Loved it. And if we're going to get a heel Adam page, I feel like that's something we haven't really seen. Or at least we haven't seen a good enough one that I'm interested in. I'm and I'm now back interested to, uh, that I want to see this for real now. So uh, last week, you know, we we had all that time spent on the Hangman, and uh, I had said that you know for me, I felt almost like I was living through one of those. Uh, early 90s um, smart fan things of I've had enough of you Hulk Hogan with Paige just because it was the you know it was sort of the same thing of here's my here's my cowboy music and I'm coming out and cheer me and but you know and like the the layers that were in his character uh, were peeled back a little bit and we you know we tried to mix reality with with um you know work it work, work a shooter or shoot a work or whatever you want to say with his with his head injury and you bring his family into it and things like that and i don't know it that one i got it and the it was cool like as far as an angle goes but to, as far as you know the actual character himself eh i um i'm just, this is a podski exclusive here didn't 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 preview the boys with this one right. um if I'm booking Adam Hangman Page, where do I go next? Uh, Adam Hangman Page just won a 20-some-odd-minute blood war against John Moxley, made him tap out, uh, came out with an edge, came out with new music. I am doing the John Moxley comes out, says the microphone, says Adam F. and Page, get out of here. Uh, they snarl at each other. And uh, Moxley says, brother, uh, 
I don't like you, or but I respect you. We are bound by blood, Ooh. and let's let's go to war together. Um, the Blackpool Combat Club, man, they don't need John Moxley. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, and if they're going to be ROH guys, they definitely don't need John Moxley. Moxley doesn't need a crew. Uh, uh, Danielson isn't really with them. Yeah. Um, so let these two be the new Bash brothers. They don't need to be heels, but I'd like to see Adam Page with an edge, man, because that's what Moxley is. Moxley can get cheered or Moxley can also pull a hammer out of his shorts and hit you over the head with it. And you know what I'm saying? And, and that's just how he is. I wouldn't mind that, man. I, I I would be cool with 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 them with them doing, and they don't need to be tags or whatever all the time or anything like that. But for them to be one of those, you know, bound by blood kind of deals, I, I'd be cool with that. Especially especially from a guy that lost his friends and then was friends with nerds, and now he potentially. Yeah, again, maybe doesn't have a, a true friend, but he's got somebody that he found common ground with. Yeah, I like that a lot. But yeah, great match. This was great. This is absolutely great. And That's- the one the one thing that I did want to say is um that uh they were and I I I mean this. I it seemed like the safest dangerous match I've ever seen. Yes. Do, do you know what I mean? Like like in a match that a guy literally took a fork and raked it against somebody's head. Uh, it's still, it's, it still seems like, you know, again, like nothing insane, insane. Um, some of those spots, man, hangman's face into the chair with yeah. the blood being on the barbed wire was amazing. Um, and the, and the fact that Moxley got the visual of the bruiser Brody mm-hmm. and then they, a ace on commentary for saying that. And then he got choked out by it uh i thought was a perfect ending and yeah i i I, this was this was uh, this was excellent absolutely uh and then this was the death death spot of the show these guys they could there's nothing that they could have done any better that would have helped it but it was wardlow versus samoa joe in the tnt championship and this match died a thousand deaths. The crowd needed a moment. Like we had just had banger, 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 banger. And this was the dead spot. So uh, interested to see where they go. I mean, Wardlow, Wardlow wins, but it'll be interesting to see what they do with this Hobbs thing now. So I'm interested to see what they do with that tomorrow night. But I don't know. This was just us uh, this was a piss break for me and i hate to say that because i i like both of these guys but i i needed a, i personally needed a break and, and i know that andretti mentioned this during the show this would be in a perfect spot for a intermission or something like that maybe just like a quick five or ten minutes to just reset and then we could have went right into the next match would have been the tag match but uh did you guys have any thoughts that you wanted to say on that uh tnt match New, New Japan does the intermission every show and it doesn't take anything away from anything. And all they do is recap and they talk for a little bit and you just sit there and stare at the ring for 10 minutes. But, but if you're going to on an American show, if you want to talk about, you know, play the video of the upcoming matches, 
talk about big spots that happened earlier in the night. You can kill 10 minutes. I, I really do think there yeah. should be a, uh, there should be an intermission. Okay. Because some, somebody, uh, uh, Mongoose, there's, there's somebody on every pay-per-view card that gets shit on because they are in a bad spot position wise yeah, through the match. Order. Right. And here's the thing is that, uh, that there was nothing that these guys could have done. I mean, absolutely nothing. It, the only thing that could have potentially saved it is if this was after, if this was between the Jericho and the uh, the coffin match, that might've been the one chance to save it position wise on the card. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, I don't know. I, 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 I wish that this was on Dynamite, Rampage, or the pre-show. Yeah, absolutely. Should have been on Dynamite pre pre-show. Absolutely, hundred uh, percent. And then we got to we got to this tag match, which I wasn't sure what to expect out of this tag match, but um, I actually was really enjoying what they were doing. I thought they had a really good spot with them all doing the mock the the um, the Jarrett mock walk the whole way through i thought that was great i i, lo- I really like this match actually i have to say that the guns have really really improved and i thought they they looked very good and um you know the everything that i shit on and i was so pissed about on wednesday night when ftr didn't come out as a joker when they came out they got a enormous ovation for that and that is exactly what they needed because i don't know if ftr is going to be there for long and we'll find out maybe tomorrow on uh, ftr's podcast but i don't i thought it was fantastic i felt like this was so very much needed for that division and i love i i actually really really like this match it's not it's probably my fourth favorite match on the show there's well, look, I, I think I think there's some things that could have been done differently here, but I mean, it, it, what it basically did was it gave the guns credibility over three other teams. Now, whether you want to call that "quote unquote" three wins, whatever, but they need to establish those guys as credible because they're going to be longtime players in in this in this tag team division. You know, it, it, I, I look, I, it, that's what it is. I mean, you you want to try to give them credibility here? Could it have been? Could it have been done differently? Yeah, yes, it, it could have been done differently. Is um, there's no way that they're not signed long term. Uh, I is as many hiccups and and you know strange decisions as AEW makes booking wise. Um, they, uh, I would assume anyway that they would be smarter than let's give these guys a big return, huge reaction, and oh now you get to go to the WWE next month. Uh, basically, the way that the WWE did with Aleister Black where they brought him back and he was a huge deal. And then he just went right to AEW. Like you reintroduced him to an audience to then let him go. Um, so I would assume that there is no way that that, uh, that they aren't signed if that wasn't the case. That being said, my, the only way that I can justify this is if they literally signed this weekend, which yeah. could be a thing that absolutely could have happened. And if that is what happened, then I understand it. If they've been signed for a couple of weeks, um, I think that it is 
I, I do understand trying to establish the guns. I, I do. Um, but I don't know in terms of, you know, the story that was there, I just really would have rather seen the insane momentum that FTR would have created coming back on the dynamite before you want to talk like money, a uh, business move that's going to increase buys. Yeah. FTR maybe showing up isn't going to get anybody to buy. Yep. Knowing that FTR is in that match and now they're going to get revenge on the gun club, that's going to get people to buy your show. Um, so I my biggest beef with the uh, gun club was why they beat the acclaimed if FTR isn't back. If FTR is back, then I'm I'm off that. That's fine. Um, but I I also just found it I found it irritating that we had another tag battle royal. Um, against Swerve for Swerve's sake, uh, where FTR wasn't even in it. And you had Danhausen and Orange in for Danhausen to lose. Uh do why 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 can't we pin Jeff Jarrett? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like 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 why do we need the fourth team? Why do we waste 20 minutes to swerve me out, out of FTR not coming back? Uh because because Jay Lethal and in um double J are a credible team. So just just give the give the pin to somebody who is not a credible team. Now we have FTR coming out, and yeah, now but we're my thing is, if you're trying to build credibility for through pay. for a new team, then what, I mean you beat Danhausen. Do you know what I'm saying? So like, I mean that I don't I don't know. It's yeah, I got that's that's the no, you're not wrong because not wrong. the it would have actually made sense for D- Double J to take the pin because you had them form that unholy alliance. And dude, the the gun clubs are shit bags. So like, if they turned on them, you know what I'm saying, and double cross them, like that's you know that's heelish too. Now I don't know. Yeah, I mean we've got we've got all the players now. You've got the young bucks freed up. FTR is back. The acclaimed are, are have a clean win over FTR. The gun club would just beat three teams. I mean yeah. we we got and, we got and four if they teams let it, right there. If they ever bad. let them not be a trio. We still got the Lucha Bros. We still have the uh, Buddy Matthews and um, King or King in Black. So, yeah. Yeah. But all right. Well, it's main event. The final match. This was fantastic. I don't know how you can get much better than this if you're trying to do an Iron Man match. I feel like they've reset the standard for what a... Iron Man matches. This match was fantastic. I they used every inch of the ring. They used everything. And I thought that was very well done. This match was so good. I was entertained the whole way through. My only complaint was that they didn't have the clock up for the entire hour at all times. That drove me nuts, but they they started to they 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 didn't show it for the first 15 minutes and then they started throwing it in a lot frequently as the match went on. That'd be my only criticism, but I thought this match was absolutely fantastic. A fantastic main event. It capped off this show so well. Fantastic. Love it. And MJF won. So uh, what did you, I, I, there, there, I don't know what else to say about this match other than it was fantastic. All, all I've got to say is that, you know, they haven't done a perfect job with MJF up to this point, but the way that he was presented in that match, I thought was excellent. And I'm back on board with everything with MJF at this point. I'm excited about where this is headed. 
Um, what a, what a match, man. Danielson's unbelievable. It's early match of the year candidate for me, for sure. Um, other than that, I, I, I got nothing else to say other than, you know, the timer thing for me was something I wanted to, you know, touch on too, but I mean, just un unbelievable. Those guys worked, they, they worked an unbelievable match. Everything was great. The crowd was into it. They worked the crowd the whole time. Mm -hmm. It was, it was excellent. Really, yeah, really well my, done. Uh, the, my, my, my grape with the clock was gone when um, I started keeping the time myself just to see because I was getting nervous that they were taking it away and they went a true hour. And because of that, then I, I don't care. You know, I mean, for the sake of the crowd and for the sake of the people at home, yes, it could have, should have been up the whole time, but they did go an hour. Like you can time it out. And the other thing is going into that match, I thought that the, Angle going into it, the go home promo where Danielson screamed at MJF and said, Shut up. I am, you know, I, oh my gosh, this, why well, don't something just happen on NXT here? No, I probably have to hear Andretti cut a promo on this. Uh, oh my God. This is, a, I, I don't, all right, I, I got derailed. Um, but I thought that the, uh, fact that we had Danielson not let MJF say anything after weeks of people that were doing their griping of, okay, MJF, like we get it. Like you're smart, you know, you're slime ball, like you're dastardly guy. Um, like we've had enough of your heel promos, quote unquote. He didn't even get a chance to cut one and Danielson hit a home run and Danielson was giving me goosebumps, getting me fired up, ready to go. Um, so that was good. And then when we had, that match started, and I'm thinking, I like I was excited for it. Don't get me wrong, but like, there's no way Danielson's gonna win. I more so was more intrigued on how MJF was going to win or how Danielson was gonna lose. And brother, uh, at the 45 minute mark, I completely convinced myself. Put the belt on Danielson. He's going to win this. This is going to be great. I'm thinking of people that he's going to be facing next. Um, the crowd would have went insane. The crowd believed, as did I, that Danielson had a shot to win this. And then when they went to overtime, dude, and when MJF first got the belt taken away and then Ransberg took the uh, ring off his finger, I legitimately was like, Danielson's is going to win this freaking match. And then the way that MJF won it was perfect. And uh, this was a masterpiece. That was the only thing that I wrote down. This was a masterpiece. It was a 60 plus minute match that did not feel like 60 minute plus match. Like th that felt, it felt the way that your average Okada main event does where you know, you're going to be there. Um, do you know what I'm saying? Like, and, and those Okada main events are 27, 28 minutes long. And this was an hour. You know what I'm saying? The pacing was perfect. The near falls were great. The actual falls were smart. You had the crowd eating out of both of their hands for 20 full minutes at the end. They did the, they did the tap out after the, after the bell, uh, for the, it to be over. They did the Tony Schiavone walk down. This match will continue. Crowd goes insane. And then my best thing um, with this was when MJF was in the label lock, when he got to the rope and tapped to make Danielson let go of the hold and think that he won to throw him off of his game. Like that was, that was very, very good, man. This was, this was, uh, again, as a masterpiece, this was my match of the night. 
and I didn't think it could happen, but it did. And I am so glad that I that I got to see all of that happen live. That was it was awesome. Yeah, I agree. I don't think I could have said it any better than what you just did. It was an absolute masterpiece. That's that's. Hey, yep. now, now I'm excited again to start watching Dynamite tomorrow night. But all right. Well, that is our AEW Revolution review. We got a bunch of good shows coming up that we uh, mentioned uh, earlier. So make sure you check out the socials at the Podsky, uh, at the underscore Podsky on Twitter, the underscore Podsky on Instagram, and the Podsky with John Baker on Facebook. Check us out. Download, rate, review, and subscribe. A big milestone. The Podsky hit 2,000 downloads this week. So big old drum roll and congrats for that. So, uh, but thank you to all listeners for all that, obviously. And, uh, let's go on to three K now. So, uh, we will see you next week on the pod ski. 